Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Wednesday, December 13th, hanging out with you. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Tony Shields. Tone, nice lid, man. I like that. That nope. Hey, uh, actually, I had it for a while, man. I just, uh, I brick it out every now and again. Uh, the color's tan, so I don't want to overwear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I appreciate it, man. I like it a lot. It's, uh, yeah. it, it, it really compliments my eyes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome in everybody what is up what is up tyler what tyler always appreciate you being first ready to roll man too let me give me give you a little shout out little props tyler appreciate yeah. it chuck m reyes sean father sean uh ars bench uh daniel berry sports it's joho uh minecraft uh good to see all you guys man appreciate all you uh hanging with us as you do each and every day um yeah, it's it's been um, it's been an interesting week. It's been an e- interesting couple of weeks, right? In, in a lot of ways, um, yeah. when you think about it, you know, for what's going on here uh, with the Eagles, um, you know, telling they yet. So yesterday, Nick Sirianni meets with the media, and he's asked if there's going to be any. Not necessarily when I say changes, I don't mean personnel like someone's going to get fired or whatever, but any responsibilities are going to change. And he said no. Um, so I'm going to start with that. I think that's the absolute right move. I think it's a panic move if you do anything else. Um, I think what it is more than anything else is, hey, I believe in these guys. We know the last couple of games have not gone well. We understand that. We know things have to change. Uh, but I'm going to I'm going to stick with my guys that we believed enough in to hire, and we roll. What do you What do you think about the uh, the decision to kind of keep things the way they are? Standard quo. Yeah, that is quite. It's it's funny. I actually agree with you. Um, here's the thing: what are your other options? Nick Sirianni calling the plays. We know what that looks like. So, I mean, you're right. Basically, if you make that move, it's a it's a sign of panic, and it's a it's a means to no end. So, I'm not mad at him coming out and, and making that clear. Uh, the, the fact of the matter is, guys have to be better. 
You know, you can't just keep, you know, trying to plug a hole and think that another hole won't appear. The bottom line is guys have to be better. We're not going to – there's no hiding from this. Brian Johnson can't hide from this. Nick Sirianni can't hide from this because, again, at the end of the day, this is Nick Sirianni's game planning. This is his game plan, Eagles fans. We got we got, we got, to make sure we lock that in our minds. This is Nick Sirianni's game plan. So what's happening is Nick Sirianni and the entire group, but mainly Nick Sirianni, they come up with the game plan. He gives Brian Johnson a loaded deck of plays. And at that point, Brian Johnson is responsible for the execution of those plays or the or the calling of those plays on game day. And the players are responsible for executing said plays. Now, could we get on Brian Johnson for sequencing? Maybe. But here's the thing, though, right? I was talking to John McMullen, John McMullen last night uh, on Football 24-7. We do that show about three times a week um, at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. Make sure you guys be on the lookout for that. Typically, it's Tuesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, typically. Um, so... We were talking about the play calling, right? And John said something really interesting. And as much as it pained me, I had to agree with him. In reality, we're not really judging play calling. We're judging play results. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, when these guys line up on the line of scrimmage before the play is called, we have no idea what they're doing. We have no idea what their goal is, what they're trying to do. We're always reacting to what the result is. And he said there are many a times where a coach can dial perfect play and everything ex- everything's ex- executed perfectly but then one guy misses his block and then quarterbacks get sacked or a quarterback's forced off a spot or whatever may have you or a situation where uh you may not call the best play but you have a playmaking quarterback like a Jalen Hurts and then you get a play like the touchdown to Olamide Zacchaeus in the Buffalo Bills game so there's so many nuances so many variables that go into how a play is executed and what the result actually is. You know, it's funny. I try to curb my fandom and be as objective as possible. And obviously the first two days, Monday and Tuesday on the show, you and I, but you and I have been very vocal about our displeasure with what we've been seeing and talking to John, you know, I love talking to John because he always grounds me a little bit. You know what I mean? And the fact of the matter is he's right. We're judging the play results and, because we're not pleased with the results, now we're looking for somewhere to point the finger. So back to the original question or the original point, I'm not mad with Nick Sirianni saying that he's going to keep things as they are in terms of the play calling duties and so on and so forth. Because at the end of the day, where are you going to go to? Guys have to be better. Guys have to execute better. Also, on top of that, you know, coaches have to have a better feel for certain situations. So I'm not – I'm. Again, what are his other options? Yeah, I mean, I, I hear people throw Frank Reich out there. So a couple things on Frank Reich. One, he's been fired from his last two jobs. No disrespect. He did a great job for the Eagles in 2017. But he's been fired from the Colts. He's been fired from the Panthers. Now, you could say uh, poorly managed teams, uh, but Jim Irsay's, you know, a buffoon. Yeah, I got you. Um, James Dykin's doing a pretty good job there uh, with all the all – the, you know, obstacles he's got to deal with for um, now I'm just saying. And two, the guy hasn't been in the building all year and you're going to drop him into the building now uh, after 13 games. I, I just think it's too much. If you want to use him as a consultant, by all means, I mean, I, I'm, I'm all in favor of as much data that you can gather and, and trusted voices that you can have. I think that's great. And we don't even know that that's not happening. It may be. 
but the calls for that to change. And the other thing is Sirianni stepped away from the play calling for a reason. He wanted to be able to coach the entire team, manage the entire team. So what happens now? You have a defense that's a disaster. Do we want him not even keeping an eye on that because he's so consumed with play calling? I don't. Mm -hmm. I would rather he stay in that role. I, I get back. I'll just stay on the offensive thing. And I'm going to give you some numbers that are that are just staggering here. But I think there's too much talent there. There's too much ability. And you have guys like Hertz who, who you know, aren't going to let this continue to go on, at least in my opinion. I think the offense is going to get its act together. So I I want I, I think it's the right thing to keep everything in place. I, I wouldn't know what you do on defense. I mean, if, if people are actually calling for Desai to, you know, to not call the, call the defense or be the defensive coordinator, I mean, it's just a panic move. It's not what you do. It's not what good organizations do. You might look at things at the end of the season, assess them and say, you know what, we're not we're not pleased with this. We're going to move on. But you don't do it now. It, it's it's a it's a tough yeah. stretch. And this is one yeah. of the things we are going to do later in the show is kind of take some 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 deep you know, telescope kind of perspective at a 10 and three team, but God, you want to make another, another point. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's, You're right. It's just not something you do. It's, it's neat. It, it, look, we're not the Colts, right. Or we're not the Raiders where you just fire a coach on a whim, right. Or, or, or the Panthers, you know, in, in, in fairness to Frank Reich, you know, there are some guys who are just better suited to be coordinators. You know what I mean? Yeah. Dan Quinn, perfect, Dan Quinn, perfect example. He was the head coach in Atlanta for a handful of years. He was not a good head coach. But you see, you see how you see the impact he has uh, on the defensive side of things with the, with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, another guy, for example, um, I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to think. There are other coaches, there are other coaches out there who were head coaches, but they they're just better. Jim Schwartz, he yeah, wasn't the, a good he, the, the, the he ultimate wasn't a good head that, coach. Yeah, and, um, Wade, in, Phillips. In, in Detroit. Wade Phillips was a great one Wade Phillips. Then. You know what I mean? So it's there's some guys who are just better suited. To, to focus on one side of things, and that's okay, right? That doesn't make you a bad coach in totality. It's just that, you know, some people aren't suited for certain responsibilities, and that's okay. Um, but, yeah, to, to think you're just going to drop this new voice into the building when things are kind of going haywire right now, that's kind of that, that, that's counterintuitive and counterproductive. Yeah. They need to take care of what's going on um, inside their own home before they think about bringing in somebody else to, um, to, you know, to give an opinion about what they need to fix. The fact of the matter is everyone has to be better at their roles. Everyone has to be better at their jobs. Yeah. Players have to be better. See, th th this is where they are now, right? It's so funny where the, the conversations that we're having about a 10-3 team is so fascinating because they don't look like a 10-3 team. And, you know, again, speaking to John last night, he, he says something interesting. He says, look, you know, every team has that moment in the season. You know, they had they had they had that down period or that, that down period or that down slope. And teams have to find a way to get through it. This is this is the Philadelphia yeah, Eagles version of that. Yeah. They have to they have to find a way through this. Right. Now, do we expect the defense to be so much better? Not really. The personnel is the personnel. Their limitations are what they are. Do we expect execution to be better on that side of the ball? Sure, that's something you can improve on. You can improve on execution, right? You can improve on, you know, your discipline and all that kind of stuff, right? Communication can always improve, but but their but, but their talent base that is what it is. So we have to be comfortable with this defense being what it is. Um, in a nutshell, um, offensively, so many so many places where they can improve, things can always be better on that side of the ball, and they have to be better. So again, this is something they have to figure out. And they still what we're, we're in week fifteen. They have four games 
left to figure out or work out the kinks before the playoffs come. And look, some people, some people may argue, look, it's week 15. Why are we, what are we talking about? Work out the kinks. You, you should be hitting your stride at this point. Fair enough. And some may even argue, well, this has kind of been a long time coming. And we're, we're going to get into this stuff as the show, as the show goes, because again, there are so many people on different sides of the fence here, mm-hmm. you know, uh, their issues. This has been compounding. We've, we've just been ignoring it because of the wins. Some people say, well, they've been winning games. You know, every team has that downward slope. They just got to crawl out of it and figure out what's what. So there's so many different perspectives about perspectives about what's going wrong with the Philadelphia Eagles. And I don't think anyone's necessarily wrong. I think it just falls back on the team to say, look, we know who we are. We know what we're capable of. We know the standard we're trying to set and maintain in this building. We need to get back to the basics, get back to doing what we do well, trusting each other, trusting the work that trusting the work that we've already put in and then and then putting putting out there a great product on the field to yield great results. Yeah. So, all right, let, let's dig into the offense here a little bit here. Um, you know, again, I, I wouldn't make the changes, but it doesn't mean that things don't need to change. Um, zero times this year they've scored 20 points or more. They haven't gotten above the 20 point mark in the first half this year. This speaks to the, the terrible starts from this team. With all that said, they're eighth in scoring, they're 13th in passing, and they're eighth in rushing. Now, those numbers on face are not bad, but we know it's trending the wrong way of late. So um, 32 points scored the last two games, which is, you know, horrible, 16 points per game. Hurts, second worst QB rank on first down. So they're not they're not putting themselves in second and third in shorts. Hurts is tied for the third most turnovers by a quarterback with 15. They, they have only he's got 15 turnovers himself and the team only has 15 takeaways. They have 19 total. So they're, they're minus four, uh, you know, on, on the takeaway giveaway, they've averaged 6.3 points per game last three in the first half. So drilling down into why that's the case, why they've started so slowly and trying to figure out what's going on. Now, one of the things is when you have a first drive and you're going all the way down the field and the play calling looks crisp, and Jalen coughs it up at the 20-yard line, that's one of the reasons. I mean, these, you know, the turnovers, to me, if you really want to dig in on something, I think probably are the biggest issue with this team on the offensive side. I think on the defensive side, and we'll get into the defense, it's third down. But 15 turnovers are killers. You had Jalen fumble, uh, A.J. Brown fumble, and Devontae fumble, and I believe they were all inside the 20 or 30-yard line, where you were going in to either get seven or three. So right there, it's it's a drive staller it's a it's a repellent of points and it's a momentum killer and you get into the here we go again mode so i think there's no greater example than than sunday's game against the cowboys where the the play calling actually looked good on that first series and then Jalen coughs it up it's a big big problem yeah yeah when you saw that happen um it kind of it kind of sucked the air out of the uh you know out of the basketball you know for the philadelphia eagles it seemed like ever since that moment they couldn't get right and adversity is going to come. It happens. It's a part of the game. You got to respond, though. And I think this team is kind of – I think the struggles just throughout the season and the slow starts, I think it's weighing on them. I think they look at themselves and say, we're way better than this. What the hell is going on? Why are we struggling like this on this side of the ball? At least we can make sense of why the defense struggles. There's a personnel issue over there. But us, 
AJ Brown. We're, we're AJ Brown. We're Devontae Smith. We're Dallas Goddard. We're Jalen Hurts. We're we're J- Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Milada. You know, we're, 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 we have so much talent on this side of the ball. Why the hell are we struggling? What's going on on our side of the ball? What, what aren't we doing? So when you're that good, or you're used to being that good, and then you and then you reach this new low, um, it's deflating, and now they're searching for answers. So I look at the coaching staff and say, okay, you see your guys are losing sight of the bigger picture. You see your guys are kind of um, losing their mojo at the slightest off ramp. What can I do as a head coach? What can I do as an offensive coordinator to keep my guys grounded and keep them keeping the main thing the main thing? The game was far from over at that point. Right. But, again, when that fumble happened, you saw it in Jalen Hurts' body language. It was almost like, again. You know what I mean? It's like you experience something in life. It's just like, I can't catch a freaking break. You know what yeah, I mean? So I, I do. I think there's I do. I think there's something to be said for that. I also think, let's face it, man, when your three best players have a turnover in a game, you're probably losing. No matter how everything else went, you know, your three best skill position players all coughed it up. You know, and again, there's a lot of other stuff that went wrong. It's not the only thing that went wrong. But when and, that and, happens and, in a game, usually if you turn it over three times in a game, you're dead, period. And the sad part about it is after the scoop and score, they technically were in the game still. They were. It was 24-13. You were two possessions and, away. Right. And you, and, you had, and you had a couple drives where Dallas kind of took their foot off the gas, and that would have been your moment to pounce. Yeah. But the offense stalled, and they were already dejected at that point. Yeah. You would have thought that play would give them a sign of life. Evidently not. So – there's a it's so funny we talk about this on the day-to-day and you and i don't really have the answers right but we just know what we're seeing and we know that there's something wrong with the way this offense is being led and the way it's been executed no i agree i agree look i i look at it from a couple different perspectives with 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 in regards to the offense i don't think i don't think they're doing enough i think they could do more to help Jalen get in a rhythm i think they could do more to have higher percentage throws, quicker, quicker plays, you know, where he's getting the ball out. But I mean, ultimately there's a couple of things. He's got the the slowest time of getting rid of the ball in the pocket. He's turning the ball over a ton. I hate to say it, but some of these tendencies are what, what it looked like with Carson Wentz at the end. And Jalen's way better, way more talented, but they're the kind of things that kill you as a quarterback. So I think they all, they Jalen, they, his coaches, your coaches are there to put you in the best position to succeed. They have to figure out why this keeps happening. Now, I understand you can only coach a guy up so much. Once he gets out there, it, it's not on a coach. It's on him to do it. I understand Agreed. that. Agreed. So, but but they have to figure out why this is happening. Why was he 14th last year and he's last this year? What, why have they? Why has it dropped so much? What can we do? Any good leader will, will say to their employees or their or their friends or whomever or their players, Hey, what can I do to help you? That's what a good boss should do rather than you need to do this and you need to do that. No, have a conversation and figure out what you can do better to mm-hmm. put him in a more advantageous position. And, right, and right. Help me help you, that. right? Help, help me help you and work off of that. And I think right now we're seeing Jalen struggle. We're seeing a coaching staff struggle to help him. Um, so I think that that has to come into play. I think one of the ways you can do it is run the ball a little bit more, run it a little bit more effectively. High percentage throws. What's a high percentage throw? A check down. E- even, even I know most times check downs are, are, are what you go to if nothing else is there. 
but how about a little swing pass? And, and let's let DeAndre Swift do his thing. And if he's not doing his thing, then put somebody else in there to do their thing at the yeah. running back position. Let's run the slant till they stop it on A.J. Brown because that's what he does, I think, is good or better than anybody else in the NFL. You know, it's just little things. Use Dallas Goddard the way you used him early, and then for some reason Dallas Goddard went away. I don't understand a lot of this stuff. Yeah, they haven't um they haven't done a good job with evolving this offense over the past few years. Um they've kind of felt stagnant and still to this day they struggle to they they've struggled to establish or implement a blitz beater for Jalen yeah. Hurts. Yeah. Right. They're like uh you know with the you know with the rock concepts or you know with the play or over the game plan, they've they've yet to establish um some sort of bailout or hot route for Jalen Hurts. Um, where he you know, that can be utilized to take advantage of blitzes because what's happening also, teams are playing him a lot differently now, and um, he's seeing he's seeing different coverages at this point. And what we're you know I, I brought this up last night with John, and I, and, I, and I said, look, I think we've been sort of um, spoiled or jaded by Jalen Hurts' development from his first year as a starter to his second year as a starter. Yep. You know, we saw who he was his first year and he was mediocre. He was decent. He was okay. And then he comes out into, he comes out in the second season and just takes the NFL world by storm. Mm -hmm. And he's looking like one of the, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He was a MVP runner up. He was playing in the Super Bowl. We, we, we've never really seen a, a jump like this. The jump was damn near unprecedented. And then we see what's going on this season. And to me, at least, and this is my first time bringing this up on, on Sports Take. I brought it up last night. I think we have been so spoiled by Jalen Hurst's jump from year one to year two that we're forgetting the distance traveled. And we're forgetting when he was when he came into the league, he had some of the deficiencies that we're seeing now. You know, um, Struggling, uh, struggling to uh, read the defense and um, trusting what he sees and um, getting rid of the ball, you know, quick enough and all those kind of things. You know, I'm not saying this because I think Jalen Hurts is a bad quarterback. I, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to recalibrate our expectations of a young quarterback who just turned 25. Yeah. Um, I'm not making excuses for him, but I'm trying to look at it as realistic and as rational as, as I possibly can. Jalen Hurts had struggles coming out of college, hence why he was a second-round pick. You know, a lot of fans like to pretend that, oh, they knew he was the guy, and, you know, Jalen Hurts is, you know, he's a finished product. And they're trying to kind of rush the development. They kind of say he's already in the upper echelon, you know, all that kind of stuff. And my thing is Jalen Hurts still has – my overall point is Jalen Hurts has a lot of growth to do as a quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And because defenses are – because defenses are throwing different things at him, it's requiring him – it's requiring him to um, recalibrate and um, learn this new defense that he's seeing. It's requiring him to learn uh, a new counterpunch, right? And this is – I, I want to address this too. This is an overrated perspective. Brian what Johnson – talking about the one that's up there right now yes, from Bobby yes. Murphy. All right, how the, yes, how the yes. you know what, can Brian Johnson know Jalen his whole life and not know his strengths and weaknesses makes no sense to me. You 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 got you guys are overrating that whole narrative. Like that narrative is that narrative means nothing, in, you know, on the football field. The fact of the matter is, his dad coached Brian Johnson in high school. Brian Johnson wasn't 
learning Jalen Hurts' strengths and weaknesses as a damn toddler. What are we talking about here? You know what I mean? Brian Johnson wasn't working with him in high school. He was he wasn't paying attention to his strengths, strength and weaknesses. Brian Johnson was busy being a damn college quarterback and a college quarterback coach trying to focus on his own career. Well, I'll take not, it a step further. It, it, it's such a simplistic view, and I'm not I'm not knocking um, Bobby. But what I'm saying is, well, I am because you know it's it's what are we what are we talking about, Bobby? But, yeah. So what I mean by that is the because he knows him and what he does well or knows his family. You're countering an NFL defense. You're countering brilliant minds like Dan Quinn on the other side of the ball trying to stop you. That's where it's it's simplistic and the breakdown comes into it. It's What Brian Johnson is doing is he's trying to get play to the strengths of, of the quarterback, but he's also trying to figure out how am I stopping Parsons on this play? What am I doing against uh, – uh, Deron Bland, what, how, how am I countering the blitz? They're taking this away. Like, there's so much more to it than just he knows the guy. Yeah, yes, like, familiarity I know there. a lot of people, but like, am I no, right? It, that, it, it speaks more to how a guy ticks than how, how you're going to go out there and do it at the NFL level. You know, right? What I mean? it, right. It speaks more to that and also speaks more as to how I communicate with you, right? Yeah. It speaks to um, my, my comfortability in being honest with you. Right. That's what that, if anything, that's what that speaks to. That does nothing on the football field because we sat down for Thanksgiving dinner a couple of times. That that means nothing on the football field. Right. He may know he may be fully comfortable with Jalen Hurts off the field. On the field, it's an entirely different relationship. It's an entirely different dynamic. Let's let, 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 let's stop pretending that this shit is just so simple and it's not. And again. Jalen Hurts has jumped from year two to year three um, as an NFL quarterback was 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 almost unprecedented. And now we're kind of seeing the we're, 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 what we're watching right now. We're watching the maturation process of a young quarterback. Meanwhile, they're still 10 and three in the process. Not many teams can say their quarterback is still developing in their top for the best record in their conference. It's not easy to do. It's not easy to win and develop at the same time. It's not easy. So we're watching, we're watching a, a a Jalen Hurts product that's still being polished. Even though we saw what we saw last year, teams catch up to you. So as a player in the NFL, you have a responsibility to continue to hone your craft and continue to develop counter punches to what teams are throwing at you. That's how you last in the NFL, right? Jalen Hurts is no way Jalen Hurts would have been can last in the NFL if he keeps playing the way he if if, if he played the way he played last year. Teams are going to respond to that. And then he has the counterpunch. And then teams are going to respond to his counterpunch. And then he has to respond to that. That's how you develop it to a great quarterback. Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, um, Donovan McNabb, uh, name any quarterback that played at least 10 years in this league. They didn't last that long without developing counterpunches to what teams are throwing at them. It's just that simple. You want to be great, you got to make sure you have great habits. And Jalen Hurts is a quarterback that has great habits. But now he has to unlearn some bad ones, and he can't just rely on his athleticism. He can't just rely on the things he saw last year. Teams are going to respond to what he does well. He has to expand his repertoire, and then he has to throw a counterpunch. And then teams are going to do the same, and that's how you last in this league. So let's be realistic about development. Let's be realistic about growth. The fact of the matter is the Philadelphia Eagles are fortunate that they're 10-3 and through this process. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's on him. It's on the coaches to counter what teams are doing, and that's always the way it's going to be. Um, 
Well, all right. So let, let, let's uh, let's give Bobby his due here. All right, really, because that's all I heard about this offseason, how familiar they were. Well, just because you heard that doesn't mean the people that were well, saying that. Fuck what you heard. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> that doesn't right. make it reality. Yeah. I mean, again, it doesn't mean he's a bad choice for offensive coordinator. I think the other thing that we we do in fairness to um, to Brian Johnson, same with the side. They're in their first year doing this and there are going to be bumps in the road um, at times. And you're going to go through it. And we're going to talk about this later, but the Niners lost three straight. And I know Trent Williams was out and Debo was out. I get it. Um, but you're going to go through these kind of things. Think about the two teams they lost to. They lost to the 49ers and they lost to the Cowboys, who are arguably the hottest teams in football. So you're going through some lumps right now. And it's like anything else. You know, how do you respond to adversity? How do you how do you respond when you know you have to make a change? And this is what we're going to see. Like, if it keeps looking like this the rest of the year hmm. and they get bounced in the first or second round, then – I, I think it's very fair to call for like serious changes, hundred percent. But I think yeah. right now it's you have to trust the process a little bit. I hate to, to use that term. I saw somebody use it. M. Reyes used it. I'm not trying, <laughs> not trying to go sexist on you. God, but, that but thing I think, is toxic. But some of it is just have some patience uh, more than anything else. And again, you've had two straight awful games where you've really looked terrible on that side of the ball. So how do you respond this week? You know, and this is where we find out about these guys for sure. All right, let's let's come back and, and good discussion and appreciate everybody, uh, you know, uh, participating there in the chat. We'll come yeah, back. Absolutely. Even um, if it, yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate people responding too, even if their takes make no sense. <laughs> well, I just think I, I think it's a I think we're trying to make something very simple. Like I get it. If the overriding theory is, hey, this is where I stand. If they're way more talented than this on offense, it shouldn't look this way. I agree. I agree. I agree with that 100%. But but what are you doing to get to the point where you're fixing some of the things that have started to happen? Actually, it started to happen a long time ago. Let's be real. Well, well I said it yesterday. You know when I was talking yeah. to um when I was talking when we were talking to uh, Dave Zingaro. Yeah. I said, "Well, you know, they trust they, you know, we keep talking about how they trust these guys to win. They trust these guys to win. Well, can the players trust the coaches to win? Can the players trust the coaches to put them in position to succeed? You know, Everything is a struggle. Every throw, every every passing window was a keyhole for Jalen Hurst. He has to fit it through. Every everything is a struggle. Meanwhile, you see these other coordinators, these other coaches finding ways to get their best talent in the best possible positions. I'm not seeing that on a consistent basis with this offense. So again, uh, everybody has to answer for something. No one, no one, ex no one is exempt from the chopping block at all. I don't care what anybody's relationship is with another person. I don't care. Uh, who uh, who who did what or didn't do what? Everybody has to answer for this. This offense is too good, too talented for them to look like this. And every, and, and and many people are failing at their jobs right now. I agree with that. I agree with that 100. percent All right. Um, I'm writing down stats as as we speak because I'm a maniac. All right. So let's get a timeout. Uh, let's come back. Let's talk about the defense a little bit. Um. 33 points or more, three straight games. And what's going on on that side of the ball? Let's dive into that a little bit when we return. Um, and then when we come back in the segment after that, I do want to get into a little bit this sort of bigger picture view of this thing. But like right now, I want to tell you about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Thrilled that they are a sponsor of the station and a sponsor of our Sports Take show. I've been going there since 1985. They've been family-owned family uh, since that time. Uh, they're open seven days a week. They have 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. They have the upside down, which is my favorite, uh, but they have the specialized pizza, however you like it. Um, not just pizza, though. You, you want other options, they have it. Fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads. They're also committed to the community where they have fundraisers for charity schools, little leagues where the proceeds go to those organizations. 
You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call right now. 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there. And it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. 
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Hey, what's going on, guys? How we doing? Hope everybody's doing well out there. Uh, that is Nona Shields. I'm Rob Ellis hanging out with you on this Wednesday as we, you know, it's funny when you, as we talk about a lot, Wednesday's generally the turn day. Look ahead. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us are ready for that yet. I don't think any of us are in full-blown Seattle mode. I, I feel like tomorrow we start to do that. Today, we're still... I think... I- I mean, Are you ready to move on? I'm still. I think. I'm, I'm still I think that first segment was on. a. I think that first segment was a slow pivot. The first two days we were just gutting the house at the studs. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think today now we're trying to lay down um, a reasonable foundation. We're trying to, you know, essentially look at it from the perspective of okay, we done ripped it as much yep. as we possibly could rip it. Now let's really look at it without emotion let's look at it with objective eyes and try to be rational and try to salvage this thing and then we're going to start to really get to the other side of the mountain and say all right how can we apply what we just mentioned to the next opponent yeah um all right so sean desai speaking today uh says the bright spot is we've been there meaning that defense has played well in the past the last two games were not at our standard and we need to get back to what was working. All right, and I'll pass along, you know, more of the things that he's saying um, as we go on here uh, because it's literally coming down live. Anyway, all right. So let's stay on the defense for a minute. 33, uh, 33. I was wrestling with the dog earlier, and I have dog hair on me now. So that was that's shame on me. <laughs> okay. Oh, um, you never, you never too old to wrestle with the dog, right? I'm telling you, man. Jeez. All right. So uh, thirty-three points. Um, Three straight games, 33 or more. They're averaging 36 points per game in the last three. So last two games, 75 points allowed. Season is look, this is not again. I'll I'll quote, I'll go with what Sean Desai is saying. Uh they're not, it's not up to their standard. They're 28th in points allowed. Okay. They're 28th against the pass. Terrible. Okay. Let, let's let's really dig in on what the biggest issue is here defensively. Third down, they're the worst in the NFL at 48% um, allowed. And 87 third down conversions have occurred under their watch. But, Tone, that has jumped up in the last three games to 61.2. Okay. Mm. That, that's all, that is, it's a more than 50%, which is insane. Um, it's the worst three-game span of any team in the NFL. Okay? Anybody. Even the dregs of the league, it's worse. Highest three-game span span for the Eagles since 1991. So more than 30 years. So, you know, so what you're are... saying is this defense is historically bad. <laughs> well, that's the thing. We're not just talking about uh, – this didn't just start the last two games. You, you've been building to get to this part. And this is where I think it's really across the board. I I don't think they I, – I think they made a mistake in the linebacker situation. And and really count it too much on Nicobe Dean. Mm-hmm. I think they made a mistake letting CJ GJ go, who actually went to Detroit for a relatively uh, cheap number. 
TJ Edwards went to Chicago for a cheap number. I don't fault them for Hargrave. I don't. I, I don't fault them for bringing back Bradbury, Bradbury either. I don't because, you, because you brought him back under the proper pretenses. He came up yeah. with an amazing year. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're thinking he can at least play close to that. Yes. I agree. And, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. so I'm not going to rip the Bradbury signing at all. I'm not either. I, I, I had no problem with Slay and Bradbury coming back. They, unfortunately, look like they've really hit a wall and lost steps. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things here going on. Um, one of the other big issues with this team that I think is really underplayed, right. they're tied for last in third down sacks. Mm. That's damning because, you know, and again, I know some of this could be third and short and you're getting the ball out quick and all that stuff, but the, the bread and butter of this defense is pass rush. And if that defensive line is, is the, is, you know, last tied for last and third down sacks, something's really wrong. It's a team that, that had 70 sacks last season, and they're in the middle of the pack basically this year. But that's a bad number on third down. That's where, that's where you got to get the quarterback down. Yeah. Yeah, it's so funny. Last year, Hassan Reddick was one of the most dominant pass rushers on third down. Um, I think there was a span where he led the league. I, th- I think he led the league in – Third down or fourth down sacks. Third down and fourth down sacks combined um, in, in, in the entire season last year. Most of his sacks came on third down, so he was a, a game wrecker. He was a game changer. He was a drive killer for opposing offenses. And, you know, what we're seeing now is, uh, you know, teams are teams understand that the Philadelphia Eagles have a legitimate pass rush, right? And when teams know that, they're going to respond to it. Remember, the same thing goes on the offense side. Teams are responding to Jalen Hurts' skill set. Teams are preparing their teams are preparing their players to respond to what the Philadelphia Eagles do very well, and that's their pass rush. And basically, what they're coaching, in my opinion, this is what I, this is what I this is just my theory. I think any team that plays the Philadelphia Eagles are telling their guys on the offense, "Look, they're going to they they're going to get home." But what we need to do is we, we need to make sure we're out of the house before the house burns down. So we're going to draw something up where we're going to get the ball out quickly and efficiently because their guys can't hold up on the back end. That's one thing we do know for a fact. If the guys on the back end were able to hold up, then other teams would be in trouble. But because they're, because they're so bad at linebacker, we're going to we're going to design all our pass rush beaters to be you know to you know to hit them in the seam and beat them up the middle. We're going to get the ball out of your hands fast. And teams, and again, th- that's been the response that the Philadelphia Eagles have been dealing with. Teams know that all they have is a pass rush. Other than that, they have nothing. If we can survive the pass rush long enough, then we'll be able to win this game because eventually the pass rush wears down. And that's and that's the issue right now. So unless – I understand they're not – they're one of the worst teams on third down sacks, and they're I think they're 12 – they have one of the 12th. I think they're twelfth in what sack total sacks, something like that, twelfth or thirteenth. Yeah. Other yeah. so, um, yeah, they're not getting the same amount of sacks as last year, but it's because teams are responding to that, and your back end isn't holding up as well as they were last year. So your sack totals are going to naturally have an, you know, your sack totals are naturally going to be influenced by the way teams are responding, and by the fact that your DBs and your linebackers are significantly worse this year. So it's kind of hard to put the blame entirely on the pass rush. Um, the fact of the matter is, if guys can't cover, no pass rushes get home at any point. Yeah, and they can't cover. Um, and that's a problem. And that's also why you can't blitz. Uh, I know that's everybody else's answer. Just blitz, 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 blitz. You don't leave, you don't want to leave these guys alone. Um, it, because it's a major problem because they can't cover. Um, you know, they they've 
they only have 15 takeaways this year. That's a, that's a terrible number uh, so far. And they, they've, you know, they just, they, they don't, to me, there's, uh, they have 19 giveaways, 15 takeaways. So they're minus four on that. That's hard to believe that a 10 and three team can be, can have that kind of number. But the other thing is accused opposing QBs are throwing touchdowns on 40% of their third down throws. It's another number. That's just crazy. Um, so it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't understand, um, you know, what's going on here, why it's this bad, why it's fallen off to this degree. Again, you're not as talented as you were last year on the defensive side, but it shouldn't look this extreme. So there is definitely something going on here. And you know, the other thing is, I think we talked about this yesterday. I'm tired of hearing about how tired they are. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm over that. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm over that. There's only one guy that I give any kind of like real, uh, leeway to, and that's and that's Josh Sweat because he's played the most snaps on the defensive line out of everybody, and he's the only one that's eclipsed his set his snap totals from the from the previous year. He's playing. Let me make sure I have this number right. Yeah, I think he's played the most snaps in his in his in his career this season, and it's only been thirteen games. So, um, when I when I look at Josh Sweat's snap count, right? Okay. Through his career, prior to this season, prior to this season, his highest snap total came in 2021, and he has 655 snaps. In 2022, they managed to cut they, they managed to cut those snap totals down from 655 in 2021 to 587. So they were able to knock off um, almost 70 snaps from his total. Um, that tells me they had a better rotation. And they had more, and they had more depth in comparison to 2021 and 2022. And then 2023, snap totals jumped from 587 to 676. He's at a career high in snap totals. He's at a career high in defensive um, snap percentage. Um, prior to this season, his highest percentage of the defensive snaps was 62 percent through 16 games played. Now, his snap totals in 2023, in 13 games. He's accounting for 76% of the defensive snaps. That's a 14% increase from his from his career high in 2021. If you want to compare it to last season, that's a 22, that's a 20% increase from 2022 to 2023. Josh Sweat has nearly played north of a has nearly played over a hundred, has nearly played a hundred more snaps um this season in 13 games than he has in 16 games. Mm-hmm. Josh Sweat has no one behind him. Josh Sweat is literally hanging on by a thread. Yeah, and he's got one sack in six games. And one sack in six games. Uh, yeah, and the also, is- and, and also, really quickly, Rob, to, to to give a little bit more um, leeway to Josh Sweat, he's always had the tougher matchup because Josh Sweat's responsibility is the left tackle, yeah. and the left tackle was always the harder matchup. He's had to go up against um, uh, Tyron Smith and Trent Williams in back to back weeks. Yeah, that can kick your ass. Yeah, it can. It can. And that's part of the reason you also have to understand who they've been playing lately. Um, They're not taking the ball away, as I mentioned. They're 31st in interceptions. Um, They're 20th in takeaways in general. So, you know, sometimes what happens is even if you get beat on a play or your offensive or your defensive line doesn't get home, you get that that timely takeaway and it changes everything. Just look at the way it's been working, working the opposite way against them. That's a problem. You know, CJ GJ had six interceptions, six or seven interceptions. I think it was six last year for them. Him by himself. Yeah, six. Yeah. Todd, okay. Todd, Todd, the league leader. Yep. Right. 
I, I think he has he had more last year than they have as a team. Yeah, you know, I, I, I actually I'll pull up the exact stat for you because I was looking at it a little bit earlier. Um, it was it was tweeted out. It was good, very good number tweeted out earlier by uh, by Jeff McLean. So um, defense has six interceptions this year through thirteen games. Ex Eagle safety C.J. Gardner Johnson through nine games last year had six himself. Think about that. So he had six interceptions himself through nine games, <laughs> and they they only have six as a team through 13. That's crazy. It's 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 it's, it's uh it's embarrassing honestly. I mean if you if, if you ask me these guys aren't see sometimes turnovers are turnover turnovers can be fickle, right? But there's also you can also teach guys to attack the ball, right? But also they're not even in a position to attack the ball because they're constantly being put on their heels. You know what I mean? So it's, it's 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 like damn, like yeah, they're not getting the interceptions. But when, when you when you even take it when you take it a step further from that, they're having a hard time even covering. So you can't even get you can't get an interception if you can't even freaking cover. Mm-hmm. So I mean, um, it's almost like what came first, chicken or the egg? You don't you don't know how to attack it first. But if they need to focus on covering first before anything, they need to focus on getting up the field on third down before worrying about trying to get before taking in risk on interceptions. If you ask 100%. me, percent. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Look, there's, there's foundational things that aren't happening right now for this team. And it, it, you have to, I mean, their, their biggest problem is the third down issue because you know, if you look at it and, and it's, they're the worst in the league right now, there's such a trickle down effect to that. Not getting off the field on third down means your defense stays out there. Your defense wears down. Likely the other team's going to score because they're moving the ball down the field and converting third downs. It keeps your offense off the field. Exactly. Uh, and they're not able to do anything. So, you, you know, there's a lot of bad things that come as a result of being that poor on third down. And that's if you're Sean Desai and you're going, you know, and the other defensive coaches and Nick Sirianni for that matter, and you're going back to the drawing board this week, there's a lot of things on the, on the pyramid that you have to fix. The first exactly. thing that has to be fixed is the third down, you know, deficiencies, not efficiencies, deficiencies. Exactly. Period. You know, exactly. I mean, that, that's the first thing you have to fix. If you don't fix that, you're not, I'm telling you, Tone, if that doesn't get corrected, they're headed for a first or second round ouster. They are. They're going to lose you, early. You know, it's not going to get to the NFC championship game or, or Super Bowl. It'll happen before that. You know, it's, um, it's, it's funny, right? You know, when I really look at the Eagles coaching situation, because, you know, we were talking about certain things are just lacking, right? You know, just attention to detail and, and, and positioning and so on and so forth. You know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they lost John DeGan, right? They replaced him with Sean Desai. Yep. They lost um, uh, Denard Wilson. He went to the Ravens. And they replaced him with D.K. McDonald. At the, well, you know, at, I, Denard Wilson was up for the D.C. job. Right, he was. And, he, I mean, he wasn't going to come back for anything less, so he left. Correct, yeah. So I think he what, he became the D.C. In, in, what, in Baltimore? Is that where, is that where he is? He's Yeah, I don't – or, or, or is he the D-backs coach over there? He's coaching there. He, he left when he didn't get that gig. They wanted him to stay on, allegedly, and he left when he didn't get that gig. Right. And, okay, so he's the defensive backs coach um, in Baltimore. And he was the D he was the D backs coach in Philly last year, right? Yep. Yep. So he has those guys in Baltimore playing out of their minds right now. 
as a matter of fact, um, can you do me a favor and look up how many um forced interceptions the Baltimore Ravens um have yep. created? Yep, I have it. One second. Go ahead, keep making your point. I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah. Right. So my my overall point is right. We've seen we've seen a transition in two key positions: D coordinator and D backs coach. And those are arguably the most criticized people. They have 11, on. FYI, 11. They, they have 11. And we have well, how many? Uh, six. Six. Yeah, this is six. They, they basically doubled. doubled they the basically have doubled the interceptions, right? So as much as we talk about the D coordinator, I also have to look at the D backs coach. Okay, what is what is DK McDonald? And Gino Stone has six by himself, their safety. Gino Stone? FYI. Gino okay. Stone is six by himself. Anyway, okay, sorry. so he's having an amazing year, but that's yep. kind of similar to what CJGJ, right? Having an amazing year exactly. under Denar Wilson. Yes. So the fact of the matter is, I'm not sure what DK McDonald is do, is doing or is not doing um to really maximize the skill set of uh you know of his um his personnel of his you know of you know of his players, right? You know, we don't talk about these guys like that. We don't talk about the position coaches, we don't talk about you know, all those kind of guys. We always, we always go to coach OCDC, but yeah. very little do we talk about the running back coach or um, the D-back coach. And I like Jamal Singleton. He's the running back coach and also the assistant head coach. Um, Jeff Stoutland is the run game coordinator. Um, Kevin Petullo, the passing game coordinator, the associate head coach. We're not talking about Kevin Petullo enough, right, in this situation. He's the passing game coordinator, right? right? So what, what, what isn't Kevin Petullo doing? What message isn't he conveying uh, to Jalen Hurts? Um, uh, you know, I have no problem with oh Alex Taney, the quarterback coach. What is what's what, what's his limitations at? You know, what's his limitations in his role when it comes to delivering the message to Jalen Hurts? See, we got us talking about these guys that are in the nitty gritty, right? It's almost like you know how you know how in politics, you know, when people are voting, they always say, "Listen, you know, voting is important, right? And voting for the president is important, but it's more it's more important for you to vote." For your local politicians and your, you know, your mayors and yeah, your that's attorneys, how real of, change comes. You know what I mean? That's how that, yeah. that's how real change comes when you know when you get closer to um your locale. Yeah. Same thing goes, in my opinion, for some of these coaches. Easy to point at the head coach. Easy to point at the OC. Easy to point at the DC. But are we talking about the guys who are really working very hands on with these guys and their fundamentals? Um, making sure they execute. Make sure making sure they are winning at their role. And the problem is we're not seeing guys win at their roles, right? Mm -hmm. So again, let's talk about the nitty gritty. Let's get deep into the minutia. Let's, you know, we're so focused on the forest. Let's, you know, let's, let's really get into the tree trunks of this thing, right? DK McDonald, is he doing his job um, yeah. to the best of his ability? Is Kevin yeah. Petullo as the pass game coordinator doing his job to the best of his ability? Mm -hmm. Alex Taney, the quarterback's coach, is he living up to expectations? Yeah. That's the real question. Yeah, I agree. It's a great question. And that, and that's the thing, you know, we don't, I remember in 17, we gave Filippo a lot of love who was the quarterback's coach at that time for, you know, when Nick took over and they converted back into what the offense that he's most comfortable in instead of what they were running for Carson. That was a great example of coaching, right? Uh, whatever they've been doing here lately, clearly something's off offensively with Jalen. So something's got to change. Okay. Something's got to give something. You have got to change things up as a coaching staff and not just hope that it's going to get better or not just say, Hey, we played Dallas and San Fran. You know what? I watched Seattle who the Eagles are playing next, move the ball up and down the field against Dallas, you know, play pretty close football with San Fran last week. Right. I mean, they put up 35 against Dallas on Thanksgiving. I know they only scored 16 last week. 
but they did it with Drew Locke, who, who threw for 269 yards. How did that happen, right? How did those guys, how did that team, how did Seattle with, with I know they have stud receivers, but with less talented quarterbacks, probably a less talented offensive line, how were they able to do that? So I can't just chalk it up to, it's, it's not as simple as it was Dallas and San Fran. What do you expect? No, I'm sorry. I'm not just punting that way. I, I, that to me is like a give up. If you just, if, if that's your mindset. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you. You know, I was looking deep on Alex Taney's um, credentials, right? The, court, the quarterback coach. And, you know, uh, he was here for, he was here for three seasons. He's been here for three years into his third year. Um, prior to becoming a quarterback coach, he was the assistant quarterback coach. So, and also an offensive assistant. So it's not like Jalen Hurts doesn't know who he is, but, but when you take on the lead role of a quarterback coach, now, um, what you provide, um, you know, has to carry more weight. So look, man, I don't know if Alex Taney is, uh, you see, this is kind of similar to what we saw with Carson Wentz a little bit, right? After John DeFilippo left, we saw, um, they they took a hit. Yeah. When DeFilippo and Reich left, they took a hit. Right, right here. But here's the here's the scary part about it. Brian Johnson and Alex Taney are still in the building. They, they were his quarterback coaches from the beginning. They're still here. Yeah. But who's not Shane Steichen? So right. now it begs the question, who was really responsible for Jalen Hurts' growth? Was it Shane mm-hmm. Steichen? Mm-hmm. Um, we're questioning if Brian Johnson uh, had anything to do with that at this point. Um, Nick Sirianni, same thing. So, um, you know, th- th- this is how you know. We're really frustrated. We're, you know, we're, we're, we're digging so deep for answers. You know, we're peeling back layers, you know, we're, yeah, we're, we're, trying get, to, we're getting into the, to the, the, every single guy on the coaching staff. Right. Right. We're getting into coaches. <laughs> right. You know, I'm sure, I, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure you'll dig this. We're getting deep into the crawl space. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, we're, you know, we're yeah. looking for trading cards. It's not a place you want to be. Trust me. It, yeah. ex- exactly. So look, man, they're still above all else. 10 and three. Yeah. Regardless of everything we're saying, they're ten and three. They're mm-hmm. not three and ten. Yeah, they're not uh, um, seven and six. No, well, you follow me, you know. So, Eagles fans, despite the criticisms that we have laid out over the past few days, and despite all the things we're pulling out of the woodworks, this team is ten and three, and they have an opportunity to right the ship. Mm-hmm. And at best. We can hope for the number one seed. At worst, they're a wild card team. And if we want to fall in between that, they can hope for the second seed, which yeah, is probably, I, I, I keep which probably the, a better path. I so, keep hearing the phrase from people. They control, like Nick said it, they control their own destiny. No, they don't. Not, not anymore. No, they you don't. don't control their own destiny. They control their own destiny. For the division, maybe. For the division. They don't control their own destiny with the 49ers. I mean, it's just, that's flat out wrong. If, yeah. If, Plain and simple. Controlling your own destiny means if you win out, you get the number one seed. That's not the case. If the 49ers went out and the Eagles went out, the 49ers are the one seed. So, like, that's got to stop. I don't know where that's coming from. It's not the case. Um, yes, it is the case with the Cowboys. That There's no question about that. It is the case with the division. But it's not the case with the conference. All right, so you just set us up to hit something when we come back. Um, they are 10-3. and three. Are we overreacting a little bit? to what we're seeing here, or is it a case of you've been seeing this coming, this train's been coming down the track for a while and we've been standing there hoping it was going to stop or, you know, whatever, not be the case. So let, let's take a timeout. Let's come back and we'll get into the, uh, to the just perspective game uh, when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's tone 
I'm Rob. We are Sports Take. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances is paramount. Um, and it took me a long time to find that right person. And I don't want you to have to go through that as well. Uh, for you, uh, it could be retirement planning, could be 401k review, insurance review. If you have a small business, try to get your employee benefits off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. Personally, I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you could email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday, watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. We 
our sports take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Appreciate you hanging out with us on this Wednesday. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. All right, Tone. So the Eagles are ten and three, and the question is, and this is going to sound very strange, um, are things that bad? Are things that bad? Now, I ask that for a couple of reasons. Um, you look at the at the NFL and you look at the best records in the league. Okay, you have Baltimore ten and three. In the AFC, they're the only team at 10 and 3. You have San Francisco, Dallas, and the Eagles. Okay. So there are four teams in this league that are 10 and 3. They are tied, the Eagles are, for the best record in the league at 10 and 3. Uh, hard thing to do in this league for sure. They're in the midst of a stretch of games in which, and I'm going to take it back before the bye, they have played Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo. San Francisco and Dallas again. And through that stretch, they're three and two. Okay. They still have Seattle to, to kind of finish it off. Right. Mm -hmm. So three and two during a stretch, they've lost to two 10 and three teams. They've beaten the defending Super Bowl champions who I get it. Aren't, aren't the same, but they're still the chiefs. They beat the bills and they beat the Cowboys who are 10 and three. Uh, they've also beaten Miami this season, who is a nine and four team. Mm -hmm. It's a very good team. So they have some quality wins, which people said they didn't have last year. They have lost two straight now to the two hottest teams in football. And right. I, don't, I don't really think there's much debate. I, I would say not just hottest, two best teams in football. Right. And so, if you take it a step further, you know, if you want to go to the quarterback side of it, they've beaten Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah. They've beaten, De uh, they beaten Deck Prescott, you know, once. But we always expect a split with Dallas. So it's not even – that big of a deal that they lost the game. Again, it's how they lost. But anyway, you beat Tua, you beat Dak. You beat Dak once. Um, you beat uh, Patrick Mahomes. You beat Josh Allen, right? You found a way to beat Matthew Stafford when their offense was humming. Um, who else can we throw up there? Yeah, I mean, look, those are pretty good right there. Um, right, those are pretty good quarterbacks. So, so the, the two yeah. teams they've lost to have won 10 straight overall. Mm -hmm. They both have the longest, they're tied for the longest winning streak in football at five games each. So, and I get we're, we're inside the, the eye of the storm. Like the, the, the tornado is circling us and we're standing there just waiting for it to, to take us away. But right. are things that bad? San Fran earlier in the season lost three straight. Dallas lost on the road to the Cardinals. Like we've seen this team, we've seen other teams that we consider the elite go through some similar hiccups. Okay. Is it as bad as we think it is? The overall picture? No, because they're 10 and three. But when you start to peel back the layer and go beyond the 10 and three, when you, you see, it's like, it's like driving down a street and you see this amazing house. It's like, wow, look at the, Look at the fence. Look at the lawn. It's perfectly manicured. Look at the paint. Wow, where did they where, where did they import uh, import that paint from? What what is I never seen that colorway before. Oh my god, look at that. Look at the garage. Look at the car in the garage. Wow, who is this family that you know that's living on our block all of a sudden? And then you knock on the door, and you see this fat guy in a robe, and he has a, a twelve o'clock shadow, and he has Cheeto dust on his fingers. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, they're ten and three, all right. You know they're, they, you know they're top four, top five house on the block. 
but who are the owners? Yeah. You know, who are their children? You know, uh, you know, are they good people? You know, this Eagles team, yeah, they're 10 and 3, but okay, how are the coaches doing? How the you know, how, how does that defense look, right? Hey, matter of fact, how does the backyard look? We can't even see the backyard, but you know, what's you know what I mean? So again, 10 and 3. But how much stock can we put into it when we can't really trust the foundation of the ten and three? So overall, the front of the house looks amazing. Yeah, ten and three, baby, looks it looks great. You're in a great position to win, you know, house of the year. But right now, there's some things inside that need to get handled. There's, you know, you know, there, you know, there's, you know, there are some foundational pieces in this home. So, you know, some furniture has to get moved. Yeah. Some furniture has to uh, get refurbished. Right. Maybe we need to polish these woodworks. You dig what I'm saying? Maybe maybe the owner needs to hit the gym, you know, maybe, he need, maybe you know, all that kind of stuff. So this Eagles team, yeah, they're 10 and three. And are we overreacting? It's a possibility because, again, they're in the mix for the number one seed. They're in the mix for the division. They're in the mix for the best record in football. They're still a top three team in their conference. They're still, in my opinion, a top five team, top six team in the NFL. I still think they should be considered um, a contender, but that defense, ah, that backyard, ah, I don't know, man. Yeah. You know, so that's where I'm at with it. What about you? Well, here's where I'm, I'm, I think you're, I think you're lying to yourself if you just say 10 and three, I think we know it and that's awesome, but I, I, but we know there's more to it because the, the, the aspirations for this team aren't just to get to the playoffs and it's not just to win the division. It's to win the Super Bowl. And if you ask yourself an honest question, can they continue, can they win the Super Bowl this way? The answer is no. The follow-up to that is you still have four games to fix it and get it well enough. Like, I don't think you're going to fix the defense, whatever that means, fix. I think you can make the defense serviceable and get the offense back to where it needs to be, where it should be a top three offense in football. And if you can do that, you can win a Super Bowl. So the improvements on the offense, because there's plenty of talent there, and to me there's no excuses where I think there's some legitimate reasons why the defense is what it is. That's what has to happen. But to just sit there and say, Hey man, they're ten and three. Everything's fine. I don't think that that's the way to go. I really yeah. don't. I think it, you're setting it, yourself up for a big, 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 big disappointment. Here's the thing, right? You know, I want to make this clear too. It's not the fact that they lost, you guys. I'll be honest. Prior to the season, I had this team going twelve and five. I had them going twelve and five. Same here. I had thirteen and four, twelve and five. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That that was like thirteen and four was my ceiling. Um. You know, eleven and six was my floor. So basically, I had them going about twelve and five. That was that was my that's my honest take, you guys. No, no BS. If you if you guys want to do the research on that, do your thing. But I had this team going twelve and five prior to the season starting. But again, they're ten and three. They're on pace to do better than that. They're also on pace to do what I expected. But here's the thing: I don't I expect them to do better than what I expected at this point because of them doing their work early. And so on and so forth. But again, teams lose games all the time. But that's not what we're debating here. We're discussing how they lost. You know what I mean? My, you know, my dad always said to me, you know, son, you you, you may you may have gotten the job done, but sometimes it's how you get it done. Sometimes, you know, um, sometimes the the route 
is just as important as the as the destination. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they're ten and three. They made it to this point in their destination, but what's the route been? You know what? What's what, what's you know how how have how have they trekked this path? And right now, this path has come with speed bumps, potholes. Um, they've had to climb mountains. They've had to they've had to you know escape through valleys, and this has been a very up and down season. And even through so, they've been winning games, which is a sign, which are signs of a resilient. And a good team. But now the chickens have come home to roost. And now this team is at a crossroads. How will they respond? Again, teams lose games all the time. Yeah. But how they lost to who they lost to, it's that's that's the concern. That's the concern, you know. So I and I also think uh Coach Marcus makes a good point. You know, it could be overreaction if they do well in the playoffs, you know. Agreed. If if not, then we were spot on. So, look, man, this is all conjecture. This is all projections, and at the end of the day, we're reacting in the moment. But the fact I, of the matter is, yeah, this ten and three football team, yeah, they lost a couple games, no big deal, because I expected them to lose games. But how they lost these games, how the defense looks, we got to keep it real with ourselves, people. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm a big believer in what my eyes tell me versus it's it's one of the issues I have. I'm all for analytics, but analytics don't take into account circumstance. Like I'll give you a baseball example. You know, you could say, oh man, third time around the order, the starting pitcher, you got to get him out of here. He has a, you know, a five ERA when that's the case. I'm sorry, man. If the guy's at like 50 pitches and he threw six innings and he's dealing, I don't want to take the guy out. I'll rather take my chances on the guy who's hot than somebody I'm bringing in cold from the bullpen. Go to the football. Agreed. Yeah, go to the football side of this thing. I know they're ten and three. I, I know how hard it is to get to ten and three in this league, and there, there's a skill to winning games ugly, and they 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 mastered that for a lot of this year. But I also know that we kept saying before these games the last two weeks, if they keep doing these things, they're going to lose. It's going to catch up to them. So they kept doing these things, and not only did it catch up to them, the two teams beat the brakes off of them. So then, you know, the, but in the same vein, do I think you can fix some of these things? Yeah, you could fix some of these things to close out the season for sure. You could take care of the ball better. And I know they haven't done it all year, but that's something that's fixable, correctable on their part. Can the offense be better in terms of getting started quicker? Yeah, for sure. Um, again, I'll go back to what I keep saying. I think the defensive pass rush can be better, but I don't know that there's a lot of other things that are going to improve here. So like, the offense has got to be the focal point to the where they become just studs again, and that's how you're winning games. Yeah, it's like, you know, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, mom, yeah, dad, you paid the rent, but damn, you paid it three days late and you had to borrow the money and you had to borrow the money from grandma. So like, yeah, the rent's paid, but damn, how did we get here? You know yeah. what I mean? So it's not, it's not, you know, it's, we, we, have, we have to we have to be objective about this thing, man. You know, we, we can't just think, we can't just always look at it as, you know, hey, you know, silver lining. It's Sometimes you got to accept things for what they are. And when you when, when you do that, it's much easier to really get over it. Yeah. R- rather than continuing to lie to yourself. Well, and we're going to learn a lot that's, about that's that. That's not healthy. We're going to learn a lot about if they can't come out of these two weeks with with the manner in which they got beaten and and, yeah. and make some adjustments. Then we're going to know that there's major problems here. There's bigger problems than than we anticipated. 
you know, and here's what's going to happen. It's going to open up a lot of can of worms. So that what mm-hmm. it's going to go back to is last year, uh, they got to where they got to because they didn't have to play anybody, which is BS, in my opinion. I mean, you, you beat the Niners because you knocked their guys out. You got to the Super Bowl and you lost by three points. I don't think that's the case. It is not my opinion. I'm just telling you, that's what we're going to hear from people. They didn't play anybody last year. You see when they play a real schedule, this is what happens. And, you know, this and that. By the way, they're tied for the tenth for the first best record in football. But that's what people are going to say. I think losing the coordinators played a, has played a big role. Uh, yeah. I think they lost some guys on the defensive side that have played a big role. And I, I, I think guys have underachieved. I don't think Jalen's playing as well as he played last year. Plain and simple. I, I think that comes into play. I think there's some guys on the defensive side who haven't been as good as they were last year. Bradbury example. So I think it's a lot of different things that are, that are, you know, coming into play. We're also going to find out about Nick's coaching chops. We all know that Nick is a relatable guy. He's he's they like playing for him. He's genuine. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And I think the players appreciate that. But now what I want to see is what fixes are you, the boss, going to make here to put your players in a better position? That's the this other is, part of this. Like that, you know what I mean? Like the relatable yeah. part and the and the managing and the emotional part is great. But this is where it calls for you for, for the coach. The X is an O guy to really figure something out. Yeah. Yeah. He's in a very unique situation right now, right? Your team is 10 and three, yet they feel like they're, they feel like they're five and eight. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's how they feel. So, how can, what can you do as the head coach to rally your troops in this very unique situation you're in? You're 10 and three, but it doesn't seem like it. It doesn't look like it. You're not playing like it. What can you do to recalibrate, uh, you know, the psyche of your players. How, what can you do to put things in perspective for them, mm-hmm. right? This is a moment where, especially when people are considering you predictable, who are you when people have figured out your best slave plans? Who are you when, uh, or who are you when the audience has figured out, oh, the, uh, the old card trick isn't working anymore, Yeah, right? Are you going to go back to the drawing board and come up with a new, with a new bit or, uh, who are who are you when that joke that you've been telling as a standard comedian isn't isn't hitting anymore? Yeah, what you know material what I mean? are you coming up with? What, what material to come up with now? Right? How are you going? How are you going to keep these guys interested in what they're doing? How can you keep the main thing the main thing with your guys? Right? Everybody got a role here, man. It's not just up to the players. Coaches coaches have a job to do to make sure their players are on the straight and narrow, and also they're keeping their guys engaged. And these past two weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles have not looked engaged. And is the play call well, – well, is, is the game plan becoming stale for them? Like, do they not believe in what they're doing anymore? We will never know. This is all theory and all conjecture. Yeah, this talking, is all right? in the locker room stuff that we're not going to have access to. Right, and we never will. But based on what we see, I know body language. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, I know what it looks like when someone's not happy about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I know what that looks like. Been there, done that. Um. I know what it looks like when someone doesn't have the answers. On Sunday night, when I saw Nick Sirianni's face and those camera cuts, he looked like he had no answers. Yeah. I I know what that looks like. Mm-hmm. So, then we're going to find out a lot about Nick Sirianni over these, you know, over these next few weeks. We're going to find out exact this Sunday is going to tell us every well, this Monday night is going to tell us a lot about where he is. I promise you that. And this is part of the uh, this is part of the journey, you know. Like to his credit, 
His first year, he turned around a team that won four games the year before and took them to the playoffs. Incredibly impressive. His second year, he took them all the way to the Super Bowl. But now he's being hit with some adversity. He's being hit with some things that he didn't get hit with the first two years. So how how does he respond? And and in turn, how do his coaches respond? Do you think this is tougher than the two and five start? I think it is. Oh man, I no, here's why I don't. Because I think with the two and five start, he was so unproven as a coach Mm. that doubt could have really crept in. At least he has the foundation of knowing. I'm a pretty good coach, man. Uh, we won nine games my first year. We won 14 my second year. We've won 10 so far. I, I know I know how to do this. I, I mm. get what your point is. I think that time when you're still unproven, as unproven as he was in his first year is tough. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. No, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. I can't I can't dispute that whatsoever. I guess for me, I look at it from the perspective of, you know, now your team is looking at you as, okay, you shot your load, coach. What else you got? I, I agree. I do what, think there's some what, of that. Like you know I think, I, mean? I think after those two losses, that's where the play. Even veterans. I'm talking like Kelsey guys, guys. Who because because it, because at least back then they could say, well, we're a new team, yeah. young head coach, young quarterback. Um, we expect some of this stuff to happen, right? Yeah. But now it's like, hold on, wait. We got these guys. We got AJ Brown, Devontae Smith. This offensive line is humming. We were just in the Super Bowl last year. Okay, coach. The things you've been telling us or teaching us, this stuff not working no more. What else do you got? Yeah. And this is where, and, and, you know, this is this thing. I'm comparing this to like, you know, when when guys are when, when guys are they got they got their back against the wall in war, and they're like, listen, listen, general, you know, corporal, we're we're in the trenches right now. We're, we yeah. got our back against the ball. You know, we're we're surrounded. What's what's the answers here? That's I think that's fair. I think you're looking to your your generals and you're saying. I don't know, man. It's looked pretty bad the last two games. Like, what do you got? Because clearly on both sides of the – that's the other part. We talked about this a lot the first two days of this week. I know we have. But just to reiterate, if the offense was was humming, if they were just crushing and the defense was getting lit up, this would be a lot easier to just say, you got to fix the defense, man. You can't you – can't, the offense is doing everything they can do, or vice versa. It's both sides of the ball. Really, the only people who are pulling their weight are the special teams right now, which is crazy considering how much we complained about them last year. So it's it's really like across the board with both units. You're not getting stops on third down. You're not converting on third down on offense. You're not scoring a lot of points. You're giving up a ton of points. You're not, you know, we could go on and on and on. Jalen's not playing at, at his highest level, his capabilities. Your defensive line, which is supposed to be your best part of that defense, is not playing up to their capabilities. Everybody is off right now. There's They, they might be off. It might just mean a little push it that way, or it might mean, we got to go all the way. I don't know which yeah. it is. You know, yeah, it, it, a little tweak could, could go a long way, maybe. Right. It's it's, it's funny. It's it, it, I, I kind of compare it to the old adage of um, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than to not have loved at all, right? In this case, in Nick Sirianni, is it better to have, you know, uh, won and then lost, or to not have won at all? And he's in. He's that's where he's at right now. That two and five start. They he didn't he didn't have anything yet. So is that easier to deal with rather than to you gain these guys trust? You've gained you gained all this equity with these guys, and now you're at risk of losing it. What's worse? What's yeah. scarier? Yeah, you know what I mean. So this this is an important this is every coach every player goes through this fork in the road in their career. Totally, I think this is Nick Sirianni's fork in the road in his career. Mm-hmm. This this final game, I think Sunday Monday night. 
I think Monday night can make or break the trajectory of this season and his career. What do you think? I, I think it's an enormous game because if they lose this game to Seattle, I'm pretty sure I know they're not winning. the. They're not going to be the number one seed. And I, I think it's probably going to be Dallas winning, even though Dallas' schedule is very tough. Yeah, I, could go, I, I don't know, man. I'm not ready to say quite say that, but I will say it's a huge game for him. It okay. is. It's a huge game for him. Because, Fair look, enough. Enough. For, for a couple different reasons. I mean, th- it, they're also in danger of really falling out, uh, you know, off a cliff if you lose this thing, because I don't know, I don't know that they, it would tell me they don't have the answers to be able to fix this. And by the way, this Seattle team is not great. They're okay, but they're not great. And they're not great defensively. And you should score points. I'm, I was looking at, and we'll get into them pretty heavy tomorrow. Um, but I was looking at some of the, their, their schedule. So the, the last, the last two games, they've given up 28, 41, 31. They had a good game against the Rams where they only gave up 17. But, uh, you know, that that's they're 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 not the old, you know, Richard Sherman, you know, great Seattle D- Legion of Boom, any of that. that those days are long gone. You should be able to put some points up against this team. Agreed. Agreed and you here. may be facing Drew Locke, so you should be able to shut the offense down. The only problem is Metcalf destroys the Eagles. Mm-hmm. And also. That, yeah. that 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 Seattle defense, man, they are physical. They are physical. They're physical. They play hard. Listen, the Seahawks play hard. They play hard. They push the they push the Cowboys to the brink. Put that in perspective. And Jerry World, they 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 they're not going to lay down. They're you know they're they're playing for their playoff lives here. Yeah. Just this game is just as important to them as it is to the Philadelphia Eagles. So you know, um, you know, John Mullen says this all the time. You know, he says Eagles fans, uh, you know, we 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 we're, we're so focused on our own on our own team we don't bother to look at what's going on across the pond right with the other opponents and the fact of the matter is the seahawks are they're drowning right now and they're and they're desperate for air is that is 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 that is that the kind of person you want to you know go to battle against someone who's desperate for air and they'll do anything to win that game the philadelphia eagles better make sure they bring their a game because the seahawks are not going to lay down whatsoever well, look at it this way. This is what Seattle is playing for, and they've lost four straight, but this is what mm-hmm. they're playing for right now. Even though they've lost four straight, they're not out of it. They're six and seven right now, and you have uh, Green Bay, who's the seventh seed. Green Bay would be in if the season ended. Green Bay is six and seven. The Rams are six and seven. Seattle's six and seven, and then you have Atlanta and New Orleans, all six and seven. So if you think about that group of the six and sevens, Green Bay's playing well, even though they lost Monday night, but the Rams, solid, okay. I think Seattle might be the best team of that lot. So they're not out of it, is my point. They can very right. easily, they're playing for their playoff lives. They can very easily, if they get on a, if they, let's say they win three of their last four and they end up 10 and seven, I think it gets them in. Nine and eight might get you in, but definitely 10 and seven gets you in. So Seattle's viewing this like, all right, you know, let's stop the bleeding and let's go. So this is going to be a harder game. I think the people, people think it's going to be Eagles are four point favorites. Last time I checked. Um, Yeah. Which considering they haven't won there since 08 is saying something. It tells you there's not a lot of belief and also means that they may not think Geno Smith's going to play, but at least in terms of the the decision makers in Vegas, they don't have a whole lot of belief in, in the Seattle team. I can tell you that much. The Eagles on the road, man. That's a, that's a tough place to play. They have – it's an uphill battle from this point forward, if you ask me, uh, because they're fighting more than just the opponent. They're fighting themselves. 
Um, they have to handle some things um, in-house. You know, this, this Eagles team, they're, they were born resilient. They have a lot of guys on that team that have been doubted. They've been cast by the wayside. You know, they've had and they've lost and they've had to they've had to reevaluate themselves and take their games to another level. We've seen this team go through so many ups and downs over the past several years. And, you know, you would like to think that this is just another bump, another bump in the road that they're going to have to overcome. You would like to think that. Um, and I believe that they're capable of redemption. I, 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 I believe they are. But at the same time, this is a defense that has so many weaknesses. Yeah. How far can will and hope take you when there's just a clear-cut talent deficiency? How far? We're going to find out. I agree with you. I agree with you. All right, let's uh, let's get time out. We'll come back. We're going to play a little buy-sell in the NFL. Uh, we'll talk some Sixers who play tonight. Flyers lost in overtime. NFL segment. We're going to do our top five wide receiver power rankings. We'll give you an update on Bill Belichick. Uh, so a lot to dive into uh, the rest of the way. That's for sure. Don't go anywhere. Tony Shields, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about pro-action restoration. Yes, if you have a home, you have a business, and you've experienced the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage uh, to your property or a building uh, that you own, uh, they're the people you reach out to. Pro-action restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I personally have gone through it. I'm in the midst of it right now uh, with the water damage that I had, and uh, they have been awesome. They have been awesome. In fact, the crew is going to be back out here on Friday uh laying some more drywall and working on the ceiling where damage came from from water from above uh they are licensed bonded and fully insured they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades pro action restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company so again it could be water fire smoke damage mold remediation you name it they can handle it give them a call 610-623-30 everybody in your crew identifies as either big mac burger mcnuggets or mccrispy sandwich but you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 760-610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com.
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. This Wednesday, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, Tone and Rob. All right, Tone. So, uh, Flyers lose last night in overtime to the Predators, 3-2. to two. Predators scored 18 seconds into the overtime. Flyers fought back. They were down 2 nothing in the game. Uh, came back, got it to OT, and then fell on the road. They're now 15-10-3 on the season. Um, you know, kind of similar to what we've seen a lot of this year. They showed a lot of heart in the game. They didn't ultimately didn't have enough in the end and, and lost to Nashville. You know what's fascinating about this Flyers team, man? They make sure when you play them, you got to play them for all what is it? Uh you got to play them for all, you know, all the periods. You you you, you yeah. can't you you can't just you can't just go in there and think that they're just going to lay down, man. This Flyers team, they are, you know, they're built the right stuff. You listen if they're down, listen, best believe they're going to take you into overtime. Hey, listen, you want to kill us? You better take me to a shootout, baby. You know what I mean? So they fight, man. They they, 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 they they fight. They're coached well. And they don't take, you know, they don't allow anybody to just, you know, come in and punk them. Yeah. So, you know, I put a, I put a lot of stock into that, man. And um, a lot, a lot can be said about this team thus far. Um, still got a lot of games left to go, but I like what they're built. I, well, I like how they're built. They're built. You know, they're, they're made with the right stuff. And you know, I'm not. I'm not mad at them losing last night, man. Bro, game. I, you know, yeah. took it. You know, took it overtime. Listen, they're a very young team, man. They're 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 still on pace uh, to do something that we didn't anticipate they could do. Sure, absolutely, hundred um, percent. Sixers play tonight at Detroit. Detroit is part of the uh, the, the dregs of the NFL. Um, they are two and twenty-one. <laughs> 
Detroit is. The Sixers come in at 15 and seven. They'll actually play them at, on a road home uh, setup this week. Uh, but if you look at it, and we, we touched on this, I think, the other day, but Detroit comes into this thing, Tone, having lost 20 straight. <laughs> They're 2-21, two, two and 21, as I mentioned. They are 1-11 at home, 1-10 on the road. Uh, that's, yes, that is – I mean, they're they're they have the worst record in the NBA. The only team there's uh, San Antonio, who's three and nineteen, who's lost seventeen straight. Then there's Detroit, who's two and twenty-one, who have lost twenty straight. I mean, these these should be cakewalks for the Sixers, where Embiid doesn't even have to play in the fourth quarter. Look, man, um, I'll put it to you this way: those tickets in the, in Detroit, they're uh they're fourteen dollars a pop. So, <laughs> so if let's. That- Exactly, man. The lowest ticket uh, tickets are as low as fourteen dollars right now, man. So, look, man. The 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 Detroit Pistons. It sucks to admit. I, I hate when Detroit's bad like this, man. It's been too long. I I want Detroit to be good. I want them to be relevant. And then the Spurs, man. That's just. Is is it about time for Pop to just pack yes. it in, man? Yes, it is. He's more worried about lecturing the fans on how to react to road players. Than he is maybe about correcting how his team's playing. I, I think I'm so he, tired of him. I'm so tired of him and Belichick. Just, just please go away, please. Yeah, and, and and I got a lot of respect for Pop, man. What he's done in his league, but I think it's time Pop just hangs it up, man. Yeah. I think I think ownership needs to really sit him down and say, "Look, Pop, we 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 want you a part of the organization. We care about your input, but you can't coach this team anymore. They're getting progressively worse. It's just." I don't know how else to describe what's going on with the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, let's let's really, and I know this isn't a, a San Antonio show, but you know, it, it, it's 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 mind boggling to me, right? Let's let's kind of put this thing in perspective a little bit. Um, with the NBA right now, look at the just 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 look at this, right? So the, right now, where are they? They're they're three and nineteen, right? So yeah, the Spurs. Yeah, three and nineteen. Last year, last year they were twenty-two and sixty, worst team in the Western Conference, worst team, worst yep. record. Yep. In the twenty twenty-one season, they were thirty-four and forty-eight. Then, in the twenty twenty, in the twenty in the twenty twenty season, year. yeah, yeah, in the twenty twenty season, they were thirty-three and thirty-nine. Then in the twenty nineteen. They were thirty-two and thirty-nine. Yep. Yeah, it's been a while. Season. Like, like Duncan's not walking through that door. Right. Twenty eighteen season, forty-eight and thirty-four. That's the best season they've had. They haven't had. They haven't had a, a season above five hundred since twenty eighteen. Yeah. Five years, and they still. But did they make the playoffs that year? Yeah, they made the playoffs that year. So, they haven't made the playoffs since twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Haven't had a record over five hundred since twenty eighteen. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, man. Yeah, um, I know. And and the, the problem you have is, like, if you're them, the organization, I mean, like, the guy won so many championships. He's so entrenched. I, I think he's also – I know R.C. Buford, I think, is the GM, but he has, like, say on personnel, too. I mean, it's like you, you look like a bad guy pushing the guy out, but you're nah, the I same. Think, I think people understand. If 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 you if you it, listen, dude, we, we can do. It. My thing is, look, pop, we can do it with class. Either we can do it with class, 
or we can kick your ass. Which one do you want? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, I, I think right, and, and there's no doubt that they will give him. They would give him. Hey, why don't we just do the? Hey, it's it's it, it's time for a new voice. I'm ready to move on. There's not nothing else, much else I can accomplish here. You know, bye bye. We can do all right. that good stuff. We'll but, we'll 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 elevate you so it looks like a promotion or something. Yeah, or we'll like, give you some. Yeah, you're gonna have a role in the front right. office. We Absolutely. can make this thing look real good, man. Yeah. Don't 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 make it ugly. Yeah. Don't make it ugly. But I don't know, man. He's a very stubborn guy. You know, he is a some some dudes will tell you like I, I'm. They're gonna have to drag me out of here, whether it's whether it's that kind of coaching or broadcasting jobs or others, you know, some people don't, you know, they're, 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 they're going to have to be forced out. I don't know. I'm with, I don't think, I I don't think they're, I don't think their fan base would put up any kind of fight if they dragged them out of there. Yeah. I think their fan base would be perfectly content. They'd be like, okay, about time. (laughs) Well, and the, the other thing that meantime, you have those other organizations like, Detroit hasn't been good in a while since they Larry Brown won it with Rasheed Wallace and that crew. That's been a long time. And then even before that, it was the bad boys, which was, you know, like late eighties, early nineties. But, but since then it's been a lot of lean years for Detroit, like, like for organizations like Detroit and Washington, you know, their fans just have no hope. Like that, they're going nowhere. And and it doesn't seem to, to matter how bad you are. The Washington's even worse. Cause they're usually right in that middle range, which is the worst place to be. But it, it, that sucks for those fans. Like, yeah, you have no hope every single year with some of those teams. Yeah, they haven't really been, in my opinion, the, the, the Wizards haven't really been a real threat, in my opinion, since the, you know, the John Wall, Bradley, Bradley Beal. I remember when they had Paul Pierce and they had Martian Gortat, you yeah. know, like. And even they, then. They, but they were, they were good, though, then. Like, yeah. like they, they were a team that you didn't want to, you didn't want to sleep on them in a series. I like I mean, that. That me personally, that's my favorite Washington group: John Wall, Bradley Beal, Kelly Oubre, Paul Pierce, Martian Gortat. Um, who else they had in that? You know, you know, on that on that roster. Um, man, I just really enjoyed watching those guys play at that level, man. So, man, these these, these bottom feeder organizations. I, I, you, it gets to a point where you question if ownership is really committed to winning, if all they care about maybe, maybe is their bottom line. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But anyway, so it should be all signs point to a good rest of the week. I mean, you played Washington, who stunk on Monday. You get two straight against Detroit here. This should easily – this should be a no-sweat, 3-0, and not not high stress, not high leverage kind of week uh, if you're the uh, if you're the Sixers. So yeah, I mean, and also, I mean, your team name is the Wizards. <laughs> I mean, you yeah, should, you should just you should just stay the bullets. Yeah, yeah, that was that was too politically incorrect for some uh, to be the bullets. <laughs> but yes, I hear you. Um, how about well, I was thinking about this. So the name of the team that the Flyers played last night was the Predators. So we're okay with Predators. <laughs> we're not okay with bullets. All right, I got it. Cool. We're good with predators. Think about oh, that. Oh my god! Like uh, anyway. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, let, 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 let's hang out here for a second. What, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, obviously, obviously, we got rid of the Redskins' name, right? But okay, yes. we mentioned predators. Yeah. We mentioned bullets. What do you think has been some of the most politically incorrect team names that you can remember in history, or or team name that just like 
sucks, has no fear factor to it whatsoever. Just just bad team names. Well, I, okay, so this is not an offensive name, but I like, am I really afraid of the magic? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, and I get it. It's a Disney thing, and you know, whatever. But like, I'm like, I, I, I that, that makes you feel good. I'm happy. Oh, it's magic. I'm not afraid of the magic, right? So yeah. the magic would be one of them. I, I, I think the NFL got it right. There, the, the NFL has good team names, right? Yeah. Even the Cardinals sounds good. Um, yeah. but you know, when you, you know, what's let's, let's look at this. All right, oh. Let me think about it. Let me. First uh, of all, the, the Cleveland Browns Brown. Yeah, what is that? What is that? Terrible. Oh, That's or terrible. the um, it was Pelicans. named after the owner, the Browns, who owned them. But it's a terrible team name. The or, or the the Pelicans. Yeah, that's what, pretty weak. What are we doing here? Yeah, like that's a that's like another that's like a happy bird. It's like a yeah. it's not a it's not an intimidator. Uh, right, right. Like like Sacramento Kings. That sounds. I like that. Kings that's is good. The, the Trailblazers. I like that. You yeah, know what I mean? Believe good. believe it or not, I like the Jazz. Yeah, Believe well, the not. jazz were in New Orleans, where there is legit jazz. There's no jazz in Utah, but there is that, jazz. That, that's the only disconnect, right? Um, I like Warriors. Obviously, that goes way back. Uh, I like Grizzlies. I like the I, Phoenix Suns. That works I, for where I like that, at. too. I like that, too. Um, NHL, let's see. The uh, the Maple right. Leaves. What is that? Well, that's <laughs> their that's the Canadian, uh, you know, that, that's their symbol. The maple leaves. I know, but really, the maple leaves. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, Yo, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. I love the Seattle Kraken. I love that. Yeah, that's a good name. They I did. They that. they got that right. Uh, Golden good. Knights. Golden Knights is a pretty cool name for Vegas. I'm thinking yeah. some of the newer teams. Okay. Anaheim Ducks. Again, it's cute. You know, but Anaheim it's Duck. like I'm not a intimidated. A by penguin. A duck. The, the penguins. Okay, it's cute. You know, yeah. they, they they play in the snow. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, no, you had me cracking up when you said uh, the the net the net the predators, man. That yeah, was hilarious. We, we, bullets are too 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 much, but we're we're good with predators. Great. Okay. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Um, oh man. Oh, <laughs> that game, the game in Brazil has been approved. So. Uh, oh man, are they playing in Rio? They're playing in, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, Sao Paulo, Brazil was chosen over Madrid, but Madrid could get a game in 2025 because they're going to expand to eight international games. So, yeah. So wow. you're looking at, is it is that how you say it? Sao Paulo, Brazil? I would imagine so. I would imagine, yeah. Sao All right, Paulo. so that, that's where it is. Uh, that's where it is next year. I'm trying to see if there's anything else. Uh, any and. All right, so the the Eagles could be a candidate to be one of the teams to play that game because they have an extra home game right now for mm. the 2024 season. So we'll be doing sports take from Brazil next year. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so good. A good one. we haven't done buy-sell in a while. Buy-sell. Yeah. So I want to do this as relates to the NFL. And I'm going to throw okay. a team at you. You tell me if you're buying or selling that stock, okay, based off of what you've seen of late. Okay, Chiefs. Chiefs. Like, in other words, do you feel like th this is Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid? Uh, uh, they're going to turn this thing around. Or you're seeing that Super Bowl hangover here, and you're seeing Andy push the limit here with, with Mahomes not having weapons, and it's biting them. W where do you fall on that one? Uh, this next four game stretch is going to tell me a lot 
they have the Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, and Chargers. Yeah. But on this season. Should be able to get going with that. On the. It's so hard for me to sell the Chiefs when you have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And once you get into playoffs, anything can happen, right? Right. It's so hard for me to sell that team. Um, I'm, 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 I'm going to still, I'm still buying the Chiefs. I'm still buying them because of who the quarterback is and who the head coach is. I'm still buying them. So I'm not going to just, I'm not going to jump ship on them just yet. All right, but I believe though, I'm, 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 I'm counting my chips to find out how much they're worth. So no, I I mean look, I'm buying. I'm buying. I don't think they win the Super Bowl, but they're not dead. Uh I right. think the way it ended last week, as much as they whined, you know, I, I know they walked it back, but I think you're gonna see a very fired up uh team. And they've they've lost two straight, right? They lost or no, no, I'm sorry. They've lost two of three. They lost to the Eagles and they lost that game last week. They've lost two of three. I, I think they come out I think they come out firing this week. No, I they do. lost two. No, they lost two straight. They lost. They lost three or four. I lost. They've lost three or four. Okay. Yep. They lost to the Bills. They then they lost to the Packers. They beat the Raiders and they lost to us. So they've lost their. They they've lost three of the last four. Okay. And if you and if you want to take it a step further, um, they have lost four of the last six. Hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, Jacksonville. Jacksonville's lost two straight. They're now eight and five on the season. Uh, they have struggled a little bit here. They have some injuries they're dealing with. Christian Kirk is out. Um, you know, mm. Lawrence is dragging one leg around. What, what do you think of that one or with them? I'm still buying the Jags. Um, once they get past the Ravens, these, once they get past the Ravens, depending on how that game turns out. They got Buccaneers, Panthers, Titans. I'm still buying the Jacksonville Jaguars. I, st- I still believe they're a team that deserves um, respect. And you don't want to go into any playoff matchup thinking you could just run them over. So, um, And then also, Christian Kirk, they put him on IR for the for the groin, right? That's right. He'll, uh, he'll he he back. can come back for the playoffs. He's he, not can done. For the, he, he can come back for the playoffs. So um, I'm still rolling with the Jags. I'm not jumping ship just yet. Okay. Okay. Um now stay in the AFC. Bengals. Now it's Jake Browning. Um, but there's still a lot of talent and a lot of fight in that team. But it's still Jake Browning. Um buying or selling. Uh I'm selling the Bengals. Um I understand he's what they're on the two game winning streak with him. Um well actually uh, they lost. The Bengals, they beat the Jags, they beat the Colts, they lost to the Steelers. Yeah, they've lost. They lost to, I'm the sorry, they've won. Um, because he came, he came in in the Ravens game, so they lost that game with him. That's then they, true. They, then they, they lost to the Steelers, Steelers. Then they beat Jags and Colts. Yeah, I'm selling them, man. Um, they're you know they're doing their best, but um, I don't I I don't buy I don't buy that it's sustainable. Now, granted, back to back weeks they put a 34 points, so they 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 clearly figured something out with them, but I don't know. I'm I'm not completely sold on that quarterback. Uh, we saw Josh Dobbs have two strong outings, and all of a sudden, kind of just you know, teams started to catch up with it a little bit. I think teams will eventually catch up with Browning, and um, I, I just don't believe it. You know, they have Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, Browns. That's a that's a, that's a very fascinating stretch. Um, Chiefs and Browns the end your season. It's going to be really tough. Yeah. Um, I'm not buying them at all right now. I, I'm buying them. I think they they may lose both or one of those last two, but I think they win their next two. It's of the nine, then they're dangerous. Nine can get you in. Um, I think they're I think they're in. 
I do. I think they get in. I'm going to buy them. I'm going to buy the Bengals. Okay. Lions. Lions are, you know, it's gotten kind of interesting there with them. Um, I'm selling the Lions. Yeah. Um, as, 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 as fun of a watch they are, um, you barely beat, the, you barely got past the Bears the first time. They finally, yeah, yeah, they, they, they finally, you know, got their comeuppance, you know, in the, in the second matchup. You lose to the Packers. Um, then that that embarrassing loss to the Ravens still stands out to me. Then you lose it to Seahawks 37 31. Whenever you face the legitimate contender, you haven't really been able to really do much with it. Um, you stole that game in week one against the Chiefs 21 20. Granted, they were missing Kelsey and Chris Jones, and you barely got by them. So, and it's week one, so anything can happen. Um, this this final four game stretch is going to be tough for them. They have Broncos, Vikings, Cowboys, Vikings. So, I think that's a tough stretch, in my humble opinion. You got two divisional matchups, and you got two teams who are arguably two of the hottest teams in football right now. Um, even though the Broncos, even though they did, um, I believe they lost. What? Um, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. And they're at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, they've won six of the last seven games. So I'm still rolling with the Broncos in that. So I just, um, I'm, I'm selling the, I'm selling the Detroit Lions. I think, I think Jared Goff is starting to hit a wall. He's turning the ball over at a at an alarming rate right now. So yeah, I'm selling. I'm selling the Lions. Okay, I I think that I'm selling too. I think they'll still make the playoffs, but I'm right. selling because I think they could lose three of their next four. They could lose that Denver game. That's they a Saturday split, night game. Yep, and they get and they get split with the Vikings and lose to the Cowboys. Yeah, correct. I mean, that's very well could be their fate. If that's the case, they're what ten and seven. They end up ten and seven. So. Yeah, it, it's not out of the question. Again, I think they're in because I think they're still going to win that division, but um, I'm selling them. All right, Packers did have the tough loss to the Giants this past mm. week. Felt like they were building some momentum, and then it kind of came back down a little bit there. Uh, um, they're a very young team. I think they're the youngest team in, in, in the NFL. Um, they built up some momentum beating the Chargers, Lions, Chiefs. Those are some pretty solid victories. The lose to the Giants. Next up, they have Buccaneers, Panthers, Vikings, Bears, all games that are very winnable for them. Um, could they win out? Possibly. I don't yeah. think they have the medal to win out, though, because they're such a young team and still trying to figure out um, their voice. So do I think they make the playoffs? Yes. But that's that, that, that's as far as it goes with me. So I'm going to say I'm buying them to that degree. Okay. okay. I'm buying them to that degree. They make the playoffs, but nothing uh, beyond that. I'm buying them as a playoff team too. I what I'm not here's what I'm I, I'm buying them. I think last week was a hiccup. I'm buying yeah. them. I think they're on the right path. I think they have the right quarterback. Uh I don't I think he and LaFleur are starting to to connect on a level. It took a little while. It's going to when a guy's in his first year. But I think the future's bright there in Green Bay because they're very young at the receiver spot. Uh, yeah. So I think they're. Mm, I think they get in. I think they're the seventh seed. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I think they're the seventh seed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rolling with that. All right. Let's go Seahawks. This one's interesting because they, you know, obviously this a big part of this could be what happens this week against the Eagles. But they've lost four straight. They're six and seven. Gino's health is up in the air. Metcalf is one personal foul away from who knows what. I mean, he's he and Draymond Green might want to go to the same anger issue place. But uh, what do you think in this one? But he's also killed the Eagles. So I'm selling the Seahawks. Okay. You no, know, the fact of the matter is, um, 
they've 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 lost five of the last six. They lost to the Ravens, lost to the Rams, Niners, Cowboys, and Niners again. Losing five of your last six and then thinking it's just going to automatically change against the Philadelphia Eagles. Granted, a team is struggling themselves, but to think they're just going to just run the table, um, you know, to improve their playoff chances, I find it hard to believe. I actually think the Seahawks don't make the playoffs. So, um, and I also think they're going to lose on Monday on Monday night because the Philadelphia Eagles have to win that game. And granted, the Seahawks have to win that game too, and they're fighting for their playoff lives. I just think the nail will be put in the coffin on Monday night. I'm not I'm not buying them. I'm selling the Seahawks. Yeah, I'm selling. I'm selling. Uh, even I would sell them even if Geno was playing. I'm selling. Uh, I think you know we'll get into this later. I feel good about the Eagles this week uh, in terms of bouncing back, but I don't. I just don't believe in them overall. I, I think the trend that you're seeing now is more reflective of who they are than what they had done earlier in the year. So mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm selling them Vikings. Now uh, we'll get into this in a minute. Nick Mullins is, is now the, the quarterback um, for Minnesota buying or selling them. I'm selling the Vikings. Um, the Josh, uh, the Josh Dobbs magic has worn off. Um, Nick Mullins is not a good quarterback whatsoever. The beat the Raiders three to zero. I mean, come on. So um, I'm completely I'm completely off the Vikings thing. Um, they got Bengals, Lions, Packers, Lions. They can very well lose all four of those games. It's possible. It's possible. Just how it's possible for the Lions to split with the Vikings. Like All this stuff is very up in the air with these teams at, at this level. So, um, you know, they can very well lose out. It's, that, it's, it's, it's really possible. They can really end the season 7 and 10. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm selling the Vikings. I don't think they make the playoffs. Um, as a matter of fact, I think the playoffs teams, I think the six and seven seed in the NFC, are going to be the uh, the Packers and the Rams. Uh, you think the Rams get in? Really? I don't think the Rams get in. The Rams got the Commanders, Saints, Giants, and they got the 49ers to end the season. I think I, know. That, I think they can beat. I think they can at least go three and four in the final stretch and end the season what nine and eight. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, part of it is I just I really don't like the likes of the Falcons, uh, the Saints. I, uh, right. So there's I, a lot of slop at the bottom. Right. So I think I think like out of all those teams at the bottom, you know, I I, I have more faith in the. Okay. I'll put it to you this way: I have more faith in Packers, Rams than I do Vikings, Seahawks right now. Okay. The Seahawks final stretch. I mean, granted, Eagles, Titans, Steelers, Cardinals. Those final three games are very winnable, very winnable. But also for the Rams, I mean, those final four games, Commanders, Saints, Giants, 49ers, very winnable, um, except for that Niners game. Um, but who knows? Niners may sit people, depending if they already like the division. You never know. Or like the conference. You never know. So I think the Rams have a slightly better chance of getting in than uh, the Seahawks. I like the Packers and the Rams' chances of getting in. So Okay. Uh, lastly. Buying or selling the Eagles? <laughs> oh yeah, you're you're a slickster. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm still buying the Eagles, man. Look, they're ten and three. Things are kind of struggling right now. If you ask me if I'm buying or selling that defense, then, <laughs> then that'd be an easy sell. But um, look, man, they're That's ten a and three. Yard sale if it's a defense now. Oh man, for sure. Matter of fact, it's not even a, it's not even a yard sale. I'm just going to the Goodwill, dropping it off, and leaving. Yeah. So, um, look, they're ten and three. 
and they still have an opportunity to win their division. Believe it or not, the conference is still up in the air because the 49ers have to win out, which it's very possible that they will. But, you know, it's still something that we have to monitor the Eagles after this this, this final four-game stretch is very winnable for them. Very winnable. So if they just went out, now look, man, the chips fall where they may. And once you get into the playoffs, again, anything can happen. Matchups matter. And it's all about who brings their A game that Sunday or that Saturday. So I'm still buying the Philadelphia Eagles at 10 and 3 right now. I'm buying them. I, I'm not giving up on this team. Yeah, they have two I'm not, losses. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, to the Niners and the Cowboys, man. They can get their act together here. Uh, they can make the they can get the offense back to where it should be. Um, and they can they can do enough to survive defensively. We've seen teams do it. We saw the Chiefs do it last year. So right. I'm hundred percent buying the Eagles. I, I the, yeah. It's I'd have to see a lot. I'd have to see the the last four games would have to look really bad for me to sell on them, and and, and I don't anticipate that being the case. Uh, all right, let's come back and we'll dive into our NFL segment when we return. That will include our top five wide receiver power rankings. We'll do all of that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take. I want to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. And if you have any types of issues with your trees or on your property, there's a quick phone call away, and they are experts at trimming all types of trees. And they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. You could go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call, 610 850 2848 610 850 2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Sports Take, Vegas Sports YouTube Network. All right, Tom, let's set our sights on the NFL. So Tom Curran, who we've had on the show before, who is a um, a reporter for NBC uh, Sports Boston, is uh, is sticking to his guns. He told us the same thing. I mean, I asked him point blank about Bill Belichick's future, and he said – and this was early in this – when the Eagles played them week one. This is how long ago this was that he said this. Yeah, this was a while ago, before the season started, right? He said, "Look, he, he he thinks it's it's very at that point it was very much up in the air whether Belichick would be back. Um, whenever when he, when people heard that, they kind of scoffed at it. But as the season's gone on and they've had such a miserable season, there is a real deep belief now that this could be it for him there. So Curran is is digging in on this. He said he thinks he'll absolutely be gone at the end of the season. He said the decision was made uh, to fire Belichick or move on from Belichick, not fire." To move on from Belichick after week 10, they lost the Colts that week. And that game, I believe, was in Frankfurt, Germany. I'd have to go back and look. Um, but according to Curran, the way he thinks it's going to shake out is it'll be a trade. We've seen coaches get traded before. One, I think the biggest one was probably Gruden. Um, but we've seen it before, nonetheless. So he, that's the way he thinks it's going to Sean play Payton out. as well, right? Wasn't that a trade too, Sean Payton? Sean Payton from New Orleans. Because, yeah, he, he remember he retired for a year, but he still was under contract. And they had to they had to trade the Broncos had to trade to get him. So yes, that's correct. So it's happened it's happened in the NFL before. Um, that would seem to make sense because that way it's sort of like the Popovich thing we were talking about. You're not firing him necessarily. Both sides are agreeing to move on. You know, uh, because Belichick just signed a contract extension, so I think he would probably have the right to block anything. But Curran, who seems to be pretty plugged in there swears up and down that that's the way this is going. Is 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 Curran the lone wolf out there in that area that's um saying he's he's done? Because I mean I that I think that's what that's that's the that's the key for me. Like is 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 Curran the is is he is he standing on a hill alone or is this kind of like a something that people have just grown to believe all across the board? I don't know. I haven't really I, I don't know if there are others. I mean there's been whispers, but I don't know that anybody's put their name behind it the way Curran has. Like I'll give Curran this. He, right or wrong, he's He's out there with it, you know, and there's no hiding it. So I, I don't know to answer okay. your question. Yeah, yeah we well. kind of we, – we ran through this a little bit. I, you know, the candidates would be the Chargers, right? Um, I'm just trying to think of where else he would want to go. I mean, he would have some other options. Um, yeah, I just don't – I'm just i trying to think of a, of a situation that would fit him or a team that's willing to make that move. He grew I, up in, outside of D.C. 
you know, in, in, in like the Annapolis area, would if I think I think that's going to be the enemy. But if it's not the enemy, what do you consider do you, that? Do you think the Raiders would, would think about it? Raiders might get involved. Yeah, Raiders might get involved with him. Uh, Tampa's not that appealing uh, from a team standpoint. Yeah, that's open. Um, I think he needs to go somewhere that has offense, so he ain't got to worry about him when he gets there. Yeah, he'll have a quarterback if he goes to the Chargers, and I'm sure. I just think there's anywhere else. Um, hmm. Nah, I don't know, man. He's such a hard ass. It's like, yeah, I don't know either. Who who works with that? Yeah. Now, I mean that that way he does things. This this day and age, the players don't respond to that too well. You know, right, right or wrong, you know, regardless of how you feel about it, you got to make sure you can appeal to t- to today's player. Yeah, yeah, it matters. All right. So elsewhere, as we mentioned, the Vikings, the Josh Dobbs thing, um, you know, came to came to a halt, and they're going to roll with Nick Mullins. Nick Mullins has, um, you know, he was an eagle for five minutes, if you remember. Um, but yeah. You know, the good thing is it looks like Justin Jefferson is going to play this week. He took that nasty shot. Right. Um, so that's good news. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm with you. Like the Viking situation is, it, it's tough. They, they, they've done a good job. I think um, O'Connell's done a good job there coaching them, but I don't know that there's much of a difference between Nick Mullins and Josh Dobbs, frankly. You're, you're kind of grasping at straws a little bit. My me personally, I think you're getting worse. Yeah. Yes, me. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to argue. Uh, really hard to argue. Uh, Devontae Adams calls the Raiders performance last week in which they lost three, nothing to the Vikings. Embarrassing. Uh, you know, he's been ticked off all year at what's going on offensively with them. I think that's, there's some buyer's remorse that he ended up there. Frankly, of course, you know, he got paid. Um, but I, that would be, I'd be very surprised if we don't start hearing at the end of the season, the rumors that he wants out or, you know, the potential trade, if I'm, if I'm the Raiders, I am trading. I'm trying to get some, I'm, I'm tearing that thing down. Yeah. I'm going to try to get what I can for him, but here's the thing, right? You know, when you saw when he signed to the Raiders, like he was so blinded by his relationship with Carr, He didn't, he didn't bother to really assess, the, assess the situation as a whole. Yep. yep. And he, if, if he, if he really was assessing that situation objectively, he would knew car. He would have known car was on thin ice in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, look, man, I, I don't feel bad. I don't feel bad, man. You know, you're crying. You're crying in the Ferrari, man. Like I, I'm not. <laughs> no, nah, I don't. I don't feel bad, dude. Yeah, I don't feel bad at all. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, the Browns have placed uh, safety uh, Grant Delpit um, on the IR. It, you know, it's crazy. He agreed to an extension over this past weekend. And now he goes to the IR. They hope he can get back in the postseason. Wow, man. He's a really thank, good safety. That's a big thank, loss. Listen, thank God he signed that deal. Yep. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, The um, they've had a rough go, right? They lost their left tackle this week. I, Stefanski's dealt with a lot. We, we talked about this. He's done a good job, all things considered. And if right. he gets blown out of there, if they don't make the playoffs, that's a joke, in my opinion. The fact that even in the playoff mix is, is, is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah, he's done a pretty good job for them. Right. Uh for sure. All right, elsewhere. Um uh, th- this one tone, we've talked about it a good amount and I'm not going to get into all the details of this, but Matt Arise of the punter, the guy who the Bills drafted in the 6th round, what this not last year but the year before. 
there were rape allegations. So um, he was found not guilty of rape. There was a civil suit that has been dropped. He, he's been dismissed from a lawsuit related to the rape allegation. His name has essentially been cleared from from wrongdoing in this thing. And, and look, I, the whole story is is a mess. It's ugly. There's a lot of ugly parts to it. Okay, but I'm I, my only point in bringing this up is I'm surprised considering some of the track records of others that this guy, unless he's just suddenly forgotten how to punt, hasn't gotten an opportunity. I'm surprised by that, frankly. Yeah, it's um, it's fascinating because he's a he's a he's a guy. Uh, he was he's been found not guilty in criminal court. He's been found not guilty in, in civil court. So what's the issue now? And we spoke about this off offline. Maybe teams look at it as look, he's a punter. Yeah, I'm not going out in the limb for a punter. Simple I don't need this headache for a punter. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. tolerate a quarterback or an edge rusher or whatever, yeah, or, or, or a corner, in. any other Fill position maybe. But yeah. I'm I'm yeah. just not, I'm just not going out right or wrong. I'm not going out on the limb for a punter. Yeah, you know, I and, agree. and also at this point in the season, are any teams really looking for a punter? Maybe he'll have better luck going. I mean, maybe he'll have better luck in the off season. I yeah. think team. I think teams are so are so much more focused on, you know, the. The, the you know the high value positions of their roster rather than just like I don't think and I don't think any team is necessary because look um a bad team is not gonna make a move on no a good team so far the Eagles aren't Brandon Mann has no, been great for the Eagles yeah he's you know been I mean? fine yeah he's fine. um you know no no team no contenders are so far displeased with their punter situation so I, here's like, what I would say if I'm him if he doesn't get an opportunity next year that's it's probably the, over, right? Yeah. In the offseason, it's probably over. That's when yeah. you're gonna you're gonna assess everything and hey, our punter wasn't good enough. Do you want to be the team that takes the first chance on him? Yeah, I, right, I don't know, right. but I feel like it's over if he doesn't get that. Yeah, his best shot, his best shot is the offseason going into you know, yep, preseason and training camp. But that, that that's his best shot. If he doesn't get if he if he's not on the roster by week one of the 2024 NFL season. Yeah. Yeah, he models came out, he models, you know, get his soccer career going. Yeah. Um, all right. So we know this year um the Super Bowl will be in Las Vegas. Um, Adam Schefter's reporting that the owners will vote today to award Super Bowl uh sixty one to Los Angeles. So that would end uh that would end the twenty twenty six into February of twenty twenty seven. It would be at SOI. Wasn't it so, just that so wasn't it just that so far? Not that long ago, yeah. So a couple years away, ago, right? yeah. The, your next three are Vegas, New Orleans, Santa Clara, which is where the Niners play, um, and then after that it would be L.A. So that that would be your your next four if that gets approved, and that looks like it's going to get approved mm-hmm. uh, by them. So elsewhere, uh, Antonio Pierce still figuring out who his starter is going to be for tomorrow. Today's Wednesday, right? Yeah, tomorrow's game. Um, Obviously, when you don't score a point, you're you're reevaluating things. Uh, going through the process, it doesn't automatically mean the team is going back to Garoppolo, but it sort of feels like they're going to go back to Garoppolo. Yeah, we'll see. These are these are real issues. Like your choices are o- o- um, O'Connell, Aiden O'Connell, Garoppolo, or Brian Hoyer. You know, you know what's so crazy? You know, us talking about these bad teams who are literally 
trying to figure out who their quarterback's going to be, you know, and week in, week out. Yeah. Puts things in perspective, you know, for the Philadelphia Eagles, doesn't it? It does. Makes you, it, it makes you grateful for, yep. you know, it's, um, what do you know? What do they call them? Like millionaire problems, billionaire problems, or like mm-hmm. or, or good problems, so to speak. Like, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, as turbulent as things have been the past couple of weeks, and as annoying as these problems are, they're they're the problems I'd rather be dealing with than the problems that the Raiders or the Vikings or the Patriots, big time, um, the Bears. You know what I mean? Panthers. Everything's relative, man. Everything in life. Everything is relative. Is relative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Elsewhere um, around the league. And there's, you know, again, this is you talk about some slop here, some slop teams, with those quarterbacks that we just mentioned. But elsewhere, uh, the, the Dolphins are still not sure whether or not Tyreek Hill is going to play this week. You remember he had the ankle injury. Uh, he came back into the game, but apparently he's pretty sore here. Um, and they're trying to figure out exactly what they're going to do. So the Dolphins, who are very much vying, you know, for that top spot, in the AFC, what they have is the Jets at home. You know, it might be that if you're going to do it, after that, that they have be, Dallas, that, that Baltimore, and Buffalo. This is the week to do it, right? Right. Yeah. Honestly, they, they need to take their they need to take their risk this week. Mm-hmm. Losing that Titans game was damning. That and hurt. if you drop the Jets game, ooh, that yeah. gonna send you down a downward, spir- a downward spiral. And the Jets are, you know, they're they're a little uppity right now. They came up beating the Texans. They got, you know, they got they got a little bit of confidence right now, man. And that defense, coupled with not having Tyreek Hill on the offensive side for the Dolphins, and we know how Tua relies on him, that could be a recipe for disaster. So, yeah. Um, but still, if he can't, if if, if I'm going to rest him, because again, you got to think about the long term. You're trying to make a playoff run. If I'm going to rest him, it's going to be this week. I agree. It's going to be this week. Certainly, you're going to pick this over the other games. Those, those other games are, are much bigger steps up in class, you know? Exactly. Uh, Justin Jefferson just told reporters at uh, prior to Vikings practice that he's playing Saturday. You know, we have Saturday games this week, right? Oh, we do? Jeez. Oh, yeah. So the way the schedule, the, the game uh, tomorrow is the Chargers at the Raiders. And then we have three games Saturday. Minnesota-Cincinnati is the early game. Pittsburgh and the Colts is the middle game. And the late game is Denver-Detroit. Really, not bad games. They're not bad, those three. I mean, they're they're okay. They're, there's playoff interest pretty much okay. from every team involved. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That's all right. It's all right. I ain't rolling. Uh, I, I'm rolling. Sunday games. Oof. Oh, man. Uh, okay, so I'll give you I'll give you three that are good. <laughs> Cowboys Bills, I'm interested. That's, that's four twenty-five. Uh, that's going to be really good. Ravens Jaguars, I'm interested. That's, that's going to be that's good. Sunday night. Yep, I'm I'm down with that. And then Monday night is the Eagles and the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. There's this not a, a ton else. This is a fun weekend. Yeah, I just look. This I'm looking be- through everything else. Yeah. I guess Tampa and Green Bay, you can make a case. There's play. That's going to be a good game. I think yeah, Tampa Green Bay is going to be a good game. Yeah, play. I think so. There. Uh, yeah, huge implications. You know, Tampa needs the both of those. T- Ooh, this is going to be fascinating, man. Some of these yeah. teams that are that are trying to get to the playoffs and they're all at the bottom, like five, six, seven. Yeah. You know, they're they're all. It's like you would think that, damn, you know, maybe we can stay out of each other's way, <laughs> but no. Yeah. 
you know, you guys are all going to be Duke. It's, it's, it's literally a Royal Rumble of, you know, of, of the stepchildren. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, no, no, I'm standing in the house tonight. No, I'm standing in the house tonight. Well, guess what? It's good. If all y'all keep it up, none of y'all are standing in the house tonight. Damn. All y'all get, you know, all y'all start pitching your tents. <laughs> so this is going to be, it's going to be a hell of a weekend, man. This is a good weekend for football. Um, Mentioned earlier, Zach Wilson, Tommy DeVito are the offensive uh, <laughs> players of the week. I mean, that's why you never know, man. That's why Wilson, you play Wilson and DeVito sounds like a law firm, doesn't that's it? it? That's it. All right. Uh, elsewhere, oh, oh, Brandon Aubrey, the Cowboys kicker. He gets the uh, special teams player of the week. And Harold yeah, Landry, man, he had a good weekend. He, well, he's, he's had a great year. This guy doesn't miss. Um, Isaiah Pacheco is not practicing for the Chiefs today. So they're going to see about his status. Uh, they need him, obviously, they, you know, with the way that they've struggled of late. Um, oh, Yannick Ngakwe is out for the season with a broken ankle. He can't get a break. No, that guy, he, it's tough. Uh, he's, he's a bear. He, he, he's talented. Can't get yeah. a break. He had 30, uh, 22 tackles, four sacks. Um so yeah, he's done. He's done. He's after the season. That's there's some teams that seasons can't end soon enough, and the, I, I would put the Bears probably in that category. Although I will say this, I think Justin Fields is playing a lot better lately. It, after he came back from the injury, mm-hmm. I, I think I think they're going to have a difficult decision on their hands. You know what you do there. I don't know. You know, in, in terms of drafting a quarterback or rolling with him, oh, they're going to have two picks I'm, very very high. I'm not on board with. I'm I'm personally not on board. I'm on board with trading Justin Fields if it puts him in a better situation or organization. Yeah. You know, like the Falcons. I don't think the Falcons are a bad organization at all. I yeah. just think they've had some – I just think they maybe, maybe they made a couple bad decisions here and there. They've done a good job getting the defense back on track from a talent perspective. they got some talent on offense. I just think they need improved quarterback play. Yeah. Um. I really I really believe that. So – I'm I'm all for putting Justin Fields in a better situation, but at the same time, like I don't believe in the Chicago Bears philosophy right now. You're going to just trade a, a, a quarterback just to draft another quarterback and put him in the same situation. I, you know, so if I'm looking at it from the player perspective, hey, listen, man, put, get Justin Fields in the first plane to Atlanta um, or Pittsburgh, but yeah. that's not going to happen, obviously. Yeah. Um, from the team perspective, Chicago, stick it out with Justin Fields. I'm telling you, I feel like he's I like him, man. I like him. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, you know, and, and I, I know. I know. Saying that, people look at me like, "Well, what are you seeing?" It's like, uh-huh. I don't know, man. This is. I. I feel like it's something there, and I'm. And I'm. I'm. I'm going out on a limb here, you know. But I. I just feel like he. There's. There's not. He doesn't have a, a consistent offensive line. The defense stinks. Like, what can he do with that? Yeah. You yeah. know. Yeah, I hear you. All right, let's. Um... Let's dive into our top five power rankings for receiver because it's changed a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, uh, I can go first if you want. Yeah, go ahead, Tom. Yeah, kick it off. So um, my top five wide receiver power rankings. Um, number five, I got Mike Evans. Um, Mike Evans has just been um, killing it lately, man. Um, I'm a big Mike Evans guy. Um, Tenth straight season with over 1,000 yards. Um, love, everything, love everything about his game. Um, num- number four, I got A.J. Brown. Um Although from a numbers perspective, these past two weeks he's put up decent numbers. Um, over the past four weeks, though, it hasn't it hasn't necessarily, um, you know, over, over the over the past four weeks, 
he hasn't really been consistent. That Chiefs and that, that Chiefs and Bills game numbers weren't really anything to write home about. Um, over the past two games, decent numbers, but you're not winning. So it's kind of like flip flop, right? No good, nothing, not no, not not stellar numbers, but you're winning the games. But then you put up decent numbers, but you're losing the game. So um, I kind of feel like he's going cold since the bye week. Um, but I think he's going to get back on track. But I have him at four. Number three, I have CD Lamb. CD Lamb is just on the tear right now. Um, he seems um, he seems like he's um, really found his rhythm um, with Dak Prescott. You know, especially in the number one role. Um, I just you know I'm just I've just been really impressed with what CD Lamb's been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan Allen, number two. Keenan Allen, man, even though they're in a rough situation, he's unguardable. Like he's just been he's been healthy this year for the most part. And when he's healthy, Keenan Allen is arguably um, a top five receiver in his league when he's healthy. Um, I love everything about Keenan Allen's game besides um, the catch radius, um, how he's able to um, make a bad throw, you know, look like a good one. I think he leads the league in receptions and targets right now as well. And then Tyreek Hill, number one um, right now, um, leading the league in yards, all that kind of stuff, um, MVP candidate. Um, we're going to find out just how viable he is if he doesn't play this Sunday or Saturday, I think, against the uh, – Jets. Nice. So, yeah, that, that's my list. Number one, Tyreek Hill. Number two, Keenan Allen. Number three, CeeDee Lamb. Number four, A.J. Brown. Number five, Mike Evans. All right. We're 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 in the neighborhood of each other here. Um, I'll work my way back. I still I'm I'm a huge Jamar Chase guy, um, and I think it's been tough for him with Burroughs injuries and, and some of the things he's had to deal with. But the guy's still putting up pretty good numbers uh, week in and week out, despite all the stuff going on. So I have him at five. I have Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen's a shame. He just gets lost in that Chargers mess every single year. Guy just shows up every single year, every week. Uh, is really good. I have A.J. Brown at three. I have CeeDee Lamb at two, and I have Tyreek Hill at one. So let me work back. To, uh, to so Mike Evans and Jamar Chase is where we differ. Gotcha. That's where we differ, and I love okay. Mike Evans. He's my yeah, and, I, and, and I love Chase. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like pick your flavor of ice cream, right? Do you yeah. like mint chocolate chip? Do you like cookies and cream, vanilla, vanilla bean? You know, pick, pick your flavor. Well, and the thing with A.J. Brown is it, you know, it's not like he's fallen off a cliff. It, it's slowed down a little bit lately. Um, and, you know, I, I think some of it is he's they have to get him more targets and more opportunities. Some of it's on him. You know, he, I don't think I don't I don't think the word is more. I think the word is better. They need to get him better targets, better yeah. opportunities, because I don't because, again, I don't think they're doing a good enough job creating space for these talented receivers. I mean, AJ is still number two in receiving yards, better believe it. But um, I just, um, I just don't like how they've been trying. Like, it seems like they, they only have maybe two or three ways of getting in the ball, the slant, the, um, the go ball. Yeah. And then other than that, I mean, what, I mean, <laughs> a comeback route, like it's just the, the route tree for these receivers that, you know, that they're having them do is so, so simple. Yeah. Not impressive at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think he is. He has uh, been a victim of scheme to an extent. Um, CD Lamb's been awesome. We all hate to admit it. Well, he's been great, man. You've seen what he's been doing lately. He's been absolutely tearing it up. So he, he, I think there's still time for AJ. Like I think everybody else is playing for number two. Tyree Kill yeah. is number one, and it's not close. Yeah, it's not close. He's still on pace to get two thousand yards. Even with the injury, uh, with yeah, the I like yeah, I like Lamb's game, and he's smooth. He's smooth. Oh, Lamb is Lamb is really he's he's, he's, he's he was good his first couple of years. He's elevated it now. No, I think I, I think this year, like you're really 
you know, and I've always, you know, just, and I've always criticized him for just being like a slot guy. Right. Um, you know, I think I'm going to stop saying that, you know, uh, he watching what he did to the Eagles. They struggled to defend him. He put Brad, he made Bradbury look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, man, he, again, it's just smooth. Um, con- very controlled in how he moves. Mm-hmm. Um, great footwork. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, th- I don't think there's much question who's number one there. And that's, uh, that's well-deserved on, on top of it. All right, let's come back. We'll hit a bunch of different things. Uh, Draymond Green added again. Former Draymond! Flyer, yeah, former Flyer coach gets, uh, gets bounced. Uh, a move potentially coming in the D.C. area. We'll talk about that and we'll swing it back to the Eagles. So we got a lot to do between now and the end of the program. Don't go anywhere. That's Tone to Shields. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Right back. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We're big Eagles fans. We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there, and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go birds! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money. 
in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. and the Seahawks, which we will uh, we'll touch base on, uh, again on that in a second, Tom. But let's hit a couple things around the, the world of sports here. Draymond Green got ejected again last night. Um, he flailed back and, and sort of struck uh, Yusuf Nurkic uh, in their game last night. It was his third ejection just this season. And he's got a long history of ejections, whether it was arguing right. officials or, you know, for for – Improper contact, contact, whatever you want to call it. Um, right. It's getting to the point where you're, you you got to start asking yourself, like, you know, what, what's how much longer can you keep going with this? Now, he's claiming he was trying to sell a foul, but he also admitted, you, you know, he, he apologized, which he rarely ever does. So I think he knows he's in some trouble. What do you, what do you think happens here with him? Huh. I think the league does does what they normally do. They're going to find him. Um, he's going to be he's he's going, he's going to miss the next, miss the next game, and they're going to go on with their lives, man. Um, this is who he is. This is on brand. And I actually, <laughs> I actually like Jeremiah Green. Um, but you know, he just always finds himself in these precarious situations, and um, kind of similar to a Deacon Metcalf. They always find themselves in these situations. You know, the league is going to follow their protocol. No one died. No one really got hurt. They're going to find him. He's going to miss a game, suspend him for a game or two. And it's going to be what it's going to be, man. That's exactly what it is. You got you got guys in the league that are enforcers who uh, make it a point that you feel them. And um, I'm not mad at it, man, especially especially where the game is gone. You know, everyone's afraid to get a little physical. <laughs> um, nothing, nothing's going to happen, you know, except for the customary suspension and fine and so on and so forth. Yeah, see, I think – He's obviously the kind of guy, if he's on your team, you like him. And if he's not, you, you can't stand him. Exactly right. He's definitely that guy. But I think that where he has shown, obviously, he's won a lot in the NBA. He's won a lot of rings in the NBA. Yeah. And he's been a huge He's been perfect part for that of, team. Yeah. Because, let's be honest, Steph, outside of their skill, Steph Curry and Clay ain't intimidating nobody. No, and, I, I agree. But, but I do think he's gotten out of control now. I, I do. I, I think there has to I'm be I'm willing to agree with that, yeah, for sure. Yeah, more than just the obligatory, here, oh, we're going to fine you 50000 and we're, you're going to sit for two games. Like, I think I think Adam Silver's got to realize that he's got to do something maybe to send him a message or the organization a message saying, like, you you have got to try to rein him in a little bit here or else it's it, it, he's going to really hurt somebody or himself or whatever. So I think this time it'll be a little bit more stiff. And I think he knows that, and that's why he's trying to get in front of it. Uh, mm. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that shakes out. Craig Berube, former Flyer player and former Flyer coach, 
who won a cup in 2019 uh, was fired in St. Louis. They are 13, 14, and one uh, this season. I'll tell you, of any sport, the NHL coaches have the shortest shelf life. Of yeah, any I yeah, I don't understand it. Why do you think that is? I don't know, man. But these guys get whacked really quick, and and you generally to, to last five years in that league with one team is an accomplishment in and of itself. Who's the longest tenured head coach right now in oh, um in the, in the NHL? Oh, I'm look, I'm trying to look at some of these teams. Um. Uh, I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't know who the longest tenure coach is in the NHL now. Baruby okay. was, I bet you Baruby was right up there. I, I'm checking right now. Let me see if I can find it. Uh, okay, so Anaheim Dunks, Greg Cronin, he started. Yeah. Greg Cronin, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. John Cooper, Tampa Bay Lightning, March 25th. He's been their head coach since March 25th of 2013. They've had a lot of success. They've won a lot of games. Uh, they won cups. He's been a hell of a coach for them. Rod Brindamore has been in, I'm thinking about it, Carolina for a long time. Um, Yeah. Um, Mike Sullivan for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Been yeah. there since 2015. Hmm. Um, Colorado Avalanche, Jared Bednar. Been there since 2016. God, Tortorella is not even in the, like the bottom five or the, you know, like he's, it feels like he's been here for five minutes and there's, there's a lot of guys who, who have come after him. Yeah. Tortorella has been there since 2022. Jeez. Yeah. So I, yeah, we're only in 23. It's crazy. But because, because of this new path they're on, it could potentially buy him another three or four years. Oh, I agree. The only problem, <clears throat> I agree with you with, with the direction the organization's taking. The only thing is, he is a he will rub dudes the wrong way. Like I can tell you that. You know what I mean? Like he will he will absolutely rub dudes the wrong way. So uh we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening. Uh um, hey, listen to this, man. The NHL has eleven head coaches that all started in twenty twenty-three. Damn. That's yeah. a third of your league. That that's a not for long league. Um, you know, that uh, that is a lack of job security league. Uh, remember the uh, the uh, Amit Patel, the Jaguars guy who who was an employee who who allegedly and you know stole twenty two million from them to fraud at the organization of twenty two million. So with the Jags, right? Yeah. So yeah, he yeah, apparently yeah. was a high volume, high stakes daily fantasy sports player known for racking up big losses, according to his online records of his account. Uh, so he was he's only thirty one. He manipulated the Jaguars' virtual credit card program and use the proceeds to fund a luxury lifestyle between 2019 and this past February. They terminated him then. Uh, during that time, he was playing daily fantasy sports under the surname Parlay Picker uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, on various accounts, which I'm not going to you know reveal here. Um, but uh, he, 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 put out nearly $500,000 into fantasy tournaments on the NFL, Major League Baseball, PGA, and UFC since 2017. He often entered dozens of lineups into fantasy tournaments with large prize. Man, this guy was a mess. He was um, addicted. Yeah, this guy was a full-blown mess. So there, his, his attorney saying he didn't do it, I told you this, to, to lavish a, a big, great, crazy lifestyle. It was to keep up with his gambling addiction. Yeah. Yeah, man. 
That's a that's a lot. That's a lot. He's going down. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, he was also a big um, poker player, apparently. Also, anyway, this yeah. So he, my, okay, maybe this gambling addiction is real. Yeah, maybe it is. I, I think that's what is his attorney. The only way to throw mercy, you know, on the court is to say that this guy's got an addiction. I'm not saying there aren't gambling addictions, but it's it's a lot easier to get a lighter sentence when you're you have a a legitimate addiction as opposed to right. I'm out there just buying a yacht. You know, and throwing crazy his, parties. His lawyer's trying to get him thrown into a um not white a prison. Collar. They He's want him in white collar. White collar prison. He wants he, he, he wants he, they want they want him in a in a rehabilitation facility. You know, he agreed get it get him in a get him in a rehabilitation facility, um, yeah. remove um um prohibit him from accessing uh you know um betting sites and right. or you know or or access, limit his internet access. Um 10 years probation. Like, like if you can, if he can beat that case in, in Lamb, all those things I mentioned, that's yeah. a win. That, that, yeah. That's he beat, he beat it. Uh, yeah, no, I agree. I mean, he, he's, you don't want to be in general gen pop is what you don't want, man. That, yeah. Cause uh, I'll listen, I'll listen. I'll be in that courtroom with a, with a, with a tick. Like I need, like I, I need gambling. I'll, I'll be trying to bet on, uh, you know, something the judge says or something just to show that I'm, yeah. yeah I'll be betting how many times judge hit his, the judge hits his gavel today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right. On the, what's the over under on the objections? Oh God! Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, the Capitals and the Wizards. It appears tone that they will be moving out of downtown Washington D.C. to the Northern Virginia area. Um, wow, I don't know so... anything about it, but I think that's a shame. It was that's it was a real. It's it the if you've ever been to in in the downtown D.C. area, it's it's so weird. Like the the arena just kind of pops up out of nowhere. You're like, Whoa, Oh, okay. This place looks pretty cool. And it's, it's right in the middle of everything. It's, it's really a, a good looking arena. Now it's, it's around the same age, I believe as I think it's as old as the Wells Fargo center, maybe, maybe a little bit older, but it's right there anyway. Um, but yeah, it's kind of the opposite plan of what the Sixers have. The Sixers want to move into downtown Philadelphia in the uh the gallery uh area. I'm, I'm not happy about that. Yeah. I like the complex. I like I like the way that is, man. Yep. Um I, I do too, actually. I, I think it's gonna be a traffic and logistical nightmare if they put it where they're talking about putting it. Exactly, personally. man. Um, you know, but as far as the Washington goes, so commanders not in Washington, DC. Right. Now the Capitals went out of DC. The Wizards are they the only team left? Well, the Wizards and the Caps would both play in this new arena. Oh, so now, damn, there's no sports being played. Well, so are, are the Nat the Nats are are the Nats in? The, I, I think they're still in the DC. I think they're still technically DC. And the Washington Mystics, that's the WNBA team. They go where the Washington Wizards go. So, yeah. damn, sucks. Yeah. And they say that that's going to have a a massive n- negative impact on the economy downtown. Yeah, of obviously. course, it will jobs and you jobs, know, money and coming into the city, foot traffic. Um, you know, um, yep, all the businesses that you know that um you know that are able to win because people are in town for those games or whatever it may be. Like it's it's definitely going to take a hit. I mean, not that their teams were doing well anyway, but still, the fact of the matter is, it's it's, it's less traffic than is less um less commerce that they would have gotten prior to. That's the tough thing. Like if you're a business owner, man, and you're thinking, all right, I open up my pizza shop right by here. Uh, I'm going to crush. And then 
through something you can't control at all, the team moves and you're like, ah, oh, it just screwed me. I just got screwed and I had nothing to do with it. You know, worked as hard yeah. as I could work. And the them's the breaks, I guess. Exactly, man. It's all you can do. So now it's up to those businesses to, you know, to, you know, uh, re reinvent themselves, find new ways to um to draw in, you know, new, um new patrons. So yeah. That's all you really can do. Yep. Uh, all right. So Darren Waller, the tight end for the giants, he's dealing with a hamstring. Um, he is really, <laughs> he, he's hopeful he can get back. Yeah, that's the problem. He's always hurt. And they, they should have known that when they traded for him. But anyway, uh, he's hoping he'd been activated off of uh, the injured reserve this week. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what ends up happening there with him. Um, all right. I, I want to go back to the Eagles and I want to ask you a question. And this is more of a, it's not so much an X's and O's execution kind of question as it is a character kind of question. Okay. So one of the things that we talked about with this team was, and we have talked about this about this team, they always it always felt like they were the kind of team that you never had to question that part. Like there's this team has a lot of heart. They almost always bounce back. Look at the way even when they were playing poorly in first halves earlier in the year, they would come back because they they have the ability to just flush things and move on. And and Jalen you know personifies that and all this other stuff. Do you still feel like after what we've seen the last couple of games that that's still there. Like, do you still feel like that's there or are you a little bit worried that the confidence has been shook? Not with the fans, but with them. Um, no, no, I don't think the confidence has wavered. I don't think they've lost their, their edge. Right. Okay. I don't think that I just think they, I think despite, despite the clear cut deficiencies that we have laid out and that are very real, I think there's still a team that believes and knows what they're capable of. You know, when all else fails, go back to what you know and fall back into what you know you're capable of, right? You guys were just in the Super Bowl last year. You know, remember who you are. Like Mufasa said, remember who you are, Simba. You know what I mean? So um, I don't think this team has lost their edge. I don't think they've lost their, their you know, their guts or their or their will to perform. I just think they need to uh I just think they need to recalibrate. You know, that's kind of been the, the you know the 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 the, the theme of this, today's episode, recalibration, right? You know, just reevaluate, um flush it, move on. You know, understand un, under, understand and respect what went wrong, do your best to build off of it. And they have the and and they're, they're built the right way from a veteran standpoint, from a leadership standpoint. I think they'll be okay on the mental side of things. I think they need to just begin to execute better. Yeah, I really believe in them in this area. I really do. I'm yeah. worried about some things defensively with personnel, and you know they got to change things. Yeah, like it's it's personnel things and execution related. Like, I don't I don't yeah. doubt their mental fortitude whatsoever. Yeah, I, I look. I think they're. I I think they will have the ability to move past this uh, these two games and be ready for Monday night. I do. I I think they're a strong willed team. I think they're strong from the coach. I think they're strong from the quarterback, and I think they're strong from the veterans. So I, I believe that they'll be able to put these two things in the rear view. I, I think it's about perspective. If, the, if your perspective is, hey, hey, look, we went 10 and one. It's hard to do in this league. Yeah, we're not accustomed to two straight losses, but we know we, there are things that we need to do a bit different, but we didn't get to 10 wins by luck. Now, I think if they view it that way, which I think they will, um, I think you're going to see a completely different Eagles team in terms of mindset um, in this game. I, I really. 
I know I said this last week against Dallas. I thought they would play them close, but I, I'd be shocked if this was another game where the Eagles were non-competitive. I, I, I don't think that's going to be the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially if Geno Smith, especially if Geno Smith doesn't play, this this can be a get-right game for them. Yeah, this could be a get-right game for them against a, against an opponent who is fighting just as hard as you, who's just as desperate as you to get right. So, best believe the Seahawks smell blood in the water. And the Eagles smell blood in the water on the other side. Mm-hmm. Who's gonna who who's who's gonna buckle first, right? Who's gonna drown first? The Eagles better make sure it ain't them. Keep no. those keep 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 those wings dry and fly high, baby. <laughs> well, one of the birds we hope flies high, not not the Seahawks, but yes, right. Um, no, I I I agree. I think that, and the other thing is, from the Eagles know exactly what's coming their way. They know exactly what's coming their way. You, they're going to see the same type of looks that we saw the last two weeks. And I know Seattle's right. not as talented as San Francisco and Dallas. But they're, if I'm another team, until you prove me otherwise, that's what you're getting. So now we're going to find out, can you make the corrections here? Can you make the adjustments? Exactly. And those other teams, they know you've been following the ball. They're going to test your metal. They're going to rip for that ball and find out just how, you know, just, if, you know, they're going to find out if you handle your issues. Well, they're, they're also – yeah, and, and the other part is, too, um, specifically with Jalen, are you going to be able to get the ball out quicker? You know, he's still got the slowest time right now in the, in the entire league, and that becomes like a feeding frenzy because these guys know they're trying to strip the ball away from you. Like, I don't expect – we haven't seen A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith be fumblers this this year. That's not a thing. But it's been a thing for, for, for Jalen in terms of interceptions and – and losing the ball with fumbles. Listen, this is what we're going to know. Right? This is what we got to look for, right? When Jalen Hurts snaps that ball, if we see him standing there and then he rolls right or rolls left, we get we know we got some issues because he's now now he's searching for a lane. He's not trusting what he's seeing. He's just trying to create something. I'm looking for him to get the ball out 2.5 seconds. Snap, drop back, look, look, boom, deliver. Yeah. Live with it. But this is the, then, okay, this is where the coaches need to help them. This is where the coaches need plays that are designed to get guys open quickly, too. It's easy to just say, hey, quick quick slants and do this and that. You got to make sure you get them open. And this is where the coaches need to do that. Yeah. Plain yeah. and simple. They need to be better. This is what we're going to find out about. The, we're going to find out about Brian Johnson, about Nick, all these guys. You know, it's funny, man. Like last year, we wanted to give Shane Steichen – we didn't give Shane Steichen, I don't know, the credit that he necessarily deserved. We just looked at it like this team has crazy talent. Right, right. And now I think we're realizing that he was very good, and it's not just about crazy talent. But also, if Nick is the one who's always going to tell you, hey, look, I'm the one who is most instrumental in the game plan, and I do this and I do that, then Nick's also the guy who's going to hear it when it doesn't look good. And, you know, that's ultimately it's his call. It feels like in terms of game planning this thing. Yeah, I couldn't, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Nick has a tall task ahead of him. And we brought this up earlier in the show. We're going to find out just we're going to find out just who Nick Sirianni is um, as a head coach. I'm heading into this matchup. Now, the million dollar question, too, is do they do they find religion here and start, you know, running the football? We've seen this before. You know, with Andy Reid, where um, he would – sorry, just adjusting my mic – where he would get away from the run a bit, a, a little bit too much for, for my taste. Um, 
I, I you know, it's not like they didn't have running attempts last week. They did. Um, but I would like to see a little bit more emphasis, not only not just on the run game, but also just getting Jalen or I'm sorry, DeAndre Swift a little bit more involved. That's something that I think they they need more like. creativity in the run game. Yeah, like last week he he rushed the ball eleven times. Uh, I'm trying to see he didn't have any balls thrown to him. So he had he he had eleven touches last week. DeAndre Swift. I think a sweet spot for him is like seventeen. They need to get creative with him in the run game, man. It's it's it's, it's how they use him in the run game is just so predictable. Like, I would I would love to see them line him up in the slot and they bring him over into a jet sweep situation, give him the ball, you know, get him, you know, get, get him in motion, get him on the edge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the running game is just lacking some creativity right now. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Yeah. No, I listen, I, I'm not arguing with you. Also, I think the O-line hasn't been getting the same push that I would like. We haven't really talked about them. Uh, I agree. I, you know, what I think who, who, who have really, um, who really struggled the last couple of weeks are the guards. I don't yeah. think, yeah, I don't think Jurgens and Dickerson have played as well as certainly as well as they were playing earlier in the year. Um, and that's a problem. You know, your, your interior is a problem. All right. Yeah. So I think they have to be better also. It's a, look, it, the good thing is it's another week. Dallas Goddard got back, got his, got his feet wet a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, he's going to be a guy who I think is more active uh, this week. At least I would hope. I would hope they have him more involved in the game plan. I, but also, you know, if they're taking away Brown and Smith, who are your bread and butter guys, I mean, they didn't even attempt to pass to Zacchaeus other than the fake punt. Right. Uh, Shout or, out to Brandon or, or Man. Wes Watkins or anybody else. Yeah. They need more creativity. That's all. Yeah. They need more creativity. They need to. Maximizes roster to the best of his ability. They need to turn everybody into a threat on the field. Simple as that. How much of it do you think is that Jalen just doesn't trust the others? I meaning not it's, Smith. See, or... it's hard for me to say that because when you make that throw to Olamide Zacchaeus and he comes down with that, my trust meter for him just shot up. Even if you didn't throw it to him, even if it was a trick play. Oh, you mean in that regard? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, do they trust? Do they trust Zacchaeus and Quez and those? Does he does does yeah like in other words if there's a play because I think right, let's I say think, let's I, say I AJ and Devontae are covered you know is he willing to go to them on a, on a third read on a, on a, oh on a, okay then that's a yeah, good question yeah. um, going through his progressions the odds that AJ Devontae and Goddard are all covered on the same play man we've seen it but it's not likely but he should he should trust him Olamide I think I think Olamide has earned the trust at this point. I, I yeah, I think he's. I do too. I, 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 I like him. Go to, not a lot, but like get him involved a little bit. And that guy, yeah. he was a good player for Atlanta. He was solid. Yeah. I, I like Olamide Zacchaeus. I think he's. I, I think he's not afraid to get involved in, in run blocking. Um, I think he's. A, I think he's a decent route runner. He has good. He has good enough speed. Um, he's made. He's had big catches for the Eagles in key spots. That mm-hmm. big touchdown catch against Tampa Bay. The big one against the Bills. He had. He's had some moments where you you don't mind. Putting him, putting him in some certain, and putting him in certain situations. He had a key third down conversion against the against the Commanders. You know, I I, I just think it comes down to Jalen Hurts just trusting what he sees. Man, Jalen Hurts is not being he's not playing instinctual right now. Like you said earlier in the show, he's one of the worst quarterbacks um, on first down, from first to second down throwing the ball. So yeah. yeah, he has to be better. All right, you ready for this? So Doritos is rolling out a $65 bottle of nacho cheese flavored liquor that tastes like the real thing. 
Doritos what, what, nacho what, what, cheese flavored liquor. Uh, so that feels like heartburn and a, and a for, hangover waiting to happen. For one, hell of a segue by you. Um, you like that? Thank for, you. For two, I want to for sneak two, that in before we got um, out of here. Would I you? Would I, you even? Would you attempt it? If someone no, handed you a shot no. of it, would you even go near? Okay. That? I'm not okay. I, I think it's one of those novelty things. You buy it and you have it as a collectible. You don't drink it. I think yeah, it's it just sits things. on the shelf and everybody laughs when they come in the house. Right. Exactly. But um, if I'm out and someone says, "Yo, you got to try this shot," and they have it in their hand already, I'll try it. Yeah. If they but already poured it for me, you're not seeking out the Dorito shot. I'm not seeking it out at all. But if but if it's been poured for me already and they're like, "Come on, bro, we're all and they're taking paying it. Come for on. it." Like if you know what I mean, like like I've succumbed to peer pressure before, and um, you know if everyone's like, hey, listen, bro, we're all taking them. Come on, we're all taking them. We all got a lot to just grit to Just take yours. If I pour, I already poured it for you. You know, it's not, it's not even a full shot. I'm like, all right, okay, I'll I'll, I'll do it. Man, do I it. love me, I love me some Doritos. I don't know if I'm up for a for a Dorito shot though. Even if somebody already poured it for you, yeah, I probably do it. I mean, yeah, I'm like you. I do it. I'm not. I'm definitely not ordering. I'm not going to the bar and be like, "Hey, man, you, you got the Dorito stuff?" Like, I, first of all, even asking that question. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine the bartender who would be like, like Dude, "What? What, are you, what is going on with you, man? How many have Yo, you had already?" You know. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. I'm just picturing like, just I'm I'm just picturing just that whole reaction after you take the shot. Oh. Oh my God, man! Yeah, I rough. can't imagine that could Any be rough ba- going down, man. That could be real. That can actually ruin your affinity yeah. for Doritos. It could ruin. It could ruin Doritos for you. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that I. Ch- I want to chance that. I like Doritos too much. I like Doritos going. too. What, what's your favorite Dorito flavor? Real quick, your favorite you Dorito know, flavor? Plain. <laughs> plain. So nacho cheese. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's fine. Nacho cheese. I mean, they're OG yeah. flavor. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what, I, what, I, what are you? How about you? You see, when I was a kid. It yeah. was Cool Ranch. Cool Ranch is good too. When I, I was a like kid, cool when I was a kid, um, as I've gotten older, I've leaned more towards, um, you know, spicy nacho. Yeah. Um, you know, I my my, my brother loves the, uh, the 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 spicy chili or the sweet chili ones, the, yeah. the purple bag. My brother yeah. loves those. Yes, yes. I don't, I don't I don't like those like that. So yeah. Um, yeah yeah um, I'm an OG kind of guy. You know, if I have like a hoagie or a sandwich, I'm definitely going um, you know, just nacho cheese original. All right. All right. Can't go wrong there. All right. We, uh, on that note, we're going to roll. I want to thank everybody in the chat, everybody streaming, everybody listening. Appreciate you guys. Uh, and, and tone double, double dipping. Appreciate it. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, got you with the national football show coming up for Dan with Dan Cilio. Stay tuned for that. And we're back with you guys tomorrow at the same time. So everybody have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you tomorrow at the same time. We are sports take. Thanks for hanging. Appreciate it.
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.